0: And Welcome to episode number 310 of the Plain Talking UK podcast. I'm Carlos and I am not in the PTUK studios this evening. I am in my own uh, PTUK office studio this evening. But in today's show, there's good news as Cafe Pacific starts adding flights to their UK, Uh, there's bad news as the UK's Chancellor increases air passenger duty and there's good news as EasyJet releases their winter schedule. In the military news this week, NASA is building its supersonic X-plane out of old warbirds and two futuristic looking aircraft will compete to replace the Army's Black Hawk. Nev shares with us his return flight to Newcastle as Nev's passenger experience makes a welcome return and he also takes a turn in an A320 simulator in Cambridge. But uh, we have to welcome the guy who is in the studio all on his own this week. So.
1: Hello to you, Matt Smith. Lonely, I am so lonely. <laughs> I have nobody. body. I'll stop You've singing. You've got before. gin. Yeah, I have. I'll tell you what, yes. It, 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 it. I'm not going to lie, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a very strange week for most of us here in the UK. Uh, and I'm actually in the studio, all on my lonesome. And I have a very nice, a very nice, I think it's, uh, I, I think I'll get correct. I think it was a unicorn gin. Uh, here so uh, cheers bottoms up everyone what's the worst that can happen
0: <laughs> also joining us from his luxury studios in
2: buckinghamshire is of course the legend that is neville bounds yes here i am surprisingly i've made it back from newcastle uh on wednesday which will be my last flying for some considerable time i think uh so we'll see how we get on with that and then we'll uh, be more info about that later on i'm sure well, quiet. Yes. <laughs> oh,
0: bit of bit of a PTUK themed tunage going on in my ears right now, but I'm oh, sure Matt it? will sort okay, that out.
1: Right. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I wonder. So I, I wonder also... why it all gone. I wonder why it all gone terribly quiet. Hang on. Uh, there we go. Uh, let's try that. How's that, ladies and gentlemen? There we go. That's sorry. better. That's, That's better. The... I can now hear. <laughs> I can okay, now hear. Excellent. Sorry.
0: So, so making everything in the world military sound just awesome. Welcome back to the show this week. He's been he's been away, but he's been on and he's been away and he's been on and he's been away, but he's back this week. In the in the flesh. It's
1: Armando.
3: Hi guys. It uh is really really nice to be back on the show oh, that's live what he in looks person like
1: oh. Yeah,
3: yeah. You know. I thought you guys were getting tired of those pre-recorded segments and videos.
1: Yeah,
0: I must have This yeah. is... Long, you are actually there, aren't you, Amanda? This yeah. is not a recorded one, yeah?
3: Yeah, you know, <laughs> it was great being... No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's nice to be back in the, the home studio here. He's, in, he's, in he's
1: wearing a baseball cap. He hasn't done that for a few weeks either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, baseball cap and representing uh, Ramp Rat Racing as we ramp up for Reno... 2020 if it's going to happen hopefully it'll happen but uh, that's uh, joe coraggio number 611
0: excellent That's well, good to shameless, have, good, shameless to have plug there. good to have you back armando <laughs> how's uh how, how are things across the pond then uh armando with uh, the current wonderful situation it is well uh let's see on the work front i think
3: i told you guys last week it was largely empty flights the airports are largely empty um so just like the rest of the world, I think our aviation industry is being affected by this coronavirus. Bing! Um, everybody, take a drink.
1: Take a oh, drink. Sorry, the, uh, sorry. Hang on. Like, yeah. one, one moment, caller. Yeah. <laughs> not used to these drinking games. It's 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 a bit alien to me. One moment, caller. As you carry on. on. There you go. Yeah.
3: So um, <laughs> so yeah, you know, I I think we're gonna talk about it uh, at length today how it's affecting the aviation industry for one, but Here, just in our own little family, just like everybody else, just like in Europe and like most of the rest of America, we are pretty much locked into the house. So uh, lots of family time. We get to spend a lot of time with Maddie and ourselves and our dogs and just kind of hanging around the house. And I don't think we're in in such dire straits as – as other people have appeared on the news, you know, we still have toilet paper, we still have oh, of food.
1: <laughs> toilet paper? Get you.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Gosh. so we're, we're what a, what uh, I guess, living it up.
1: <laughs> oh, I say. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry, I know I shouldn't really say this, and this is terribly inappropriate for anyone who might be eating their tea right now, but it's like, of all the things to be panic buying, bearing in mind the fact that you're going to be locked down in your home if this all gets a bit out of hand, why is the one thing that you're panic buying toilet roll because you know first of all none of the symptoms have ever said anything about you you know essentially getting the runs as a result of said uh, illness like like wh- why toilet roll i mean it's like if, if all if you ran out of it you could just have a shower you're at home <laughs>
3: well <laughs> not to mention a good like one third of the world doesn't use toilet tissue Right. So, okay. I mean, <laughs> and I've been
0: to those are, countries. There are yes. ways to do
1: it. There, there are, there. yes, absolutely. There,
0: yeah. do, do you think, though, uh, f- uh, that all those people in the UK who, over the last 12 months, brought a house that had a B day in, and all their friends and family are going, Oh, your house has got a B day, and when are you going to take that out? Now they're going, Yes. We've got a b day.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, now we've all got plenty of time to make a do-it-yourself kit. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's just like all these people who've been stuck in the seventies are suddenly really excited because they still have their b day. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, actually. So, um, well, um Yeah. No, let's just, let's, just, let's, just, let's give the listeners got, a respite for a minute, huh? Yeah. Just going to the um, just going to the the chat room. Actually, if I may, for oh. uh, for a moment, and uh, you uh, obviously Nev mentioned uh, earlier that um, there was. Uh, a flight that he was on, obviously going to Newcastle and stuff. And uh, Neil Braden in the chat room saying, "Never knows this already, but there were only forty-five passengers on my A330 Seattle to Dublin Air Lingus flight on Tuesday." I mean, that, that those are crazy numbers, really, aren't they? Mm. Okay. Yeah, I'm going
3: back to work on Sunday, and I was looking at the flights, and I think there was like fourteen people booked on an A320 mm. from uh, Charlotte to Pittsburgh, so. Uh,
1: should have a pretty easy commute. For the next well, 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 there is that. There is always that. Thing. And, of course, we've mentioned uh, the, uh, the infamous flight to Newcastle that, uh, and back that uh, Nev just did. And uh, I, I believe, uh, Nev, I'm going to have to play this for you because I think uh, very much congratulations are in order here because said flight did something rather amazing to your status, did it not?
0: Yes. I- I was hoping you were going to play a Spandau ballet song then, did Oh, I see, see what, did oh, I see what yeah. you
1: did there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Ah, yes, yes,
2: I managed to get my, my only gold uh, card ever from British Airways <laughs> uh, right. two days before the whole sort of lockdown started. So, uh, whether I'll do any flying in the next 12 months in order to keep it going or not, I don't know. But we'll, uh, we'll have to see, won't we? <laughs>
1: oh is oh. Oh, one of the co- I, I don't know if I dare read it out but going back to what we were talking about Masha's comment in the chat room says I'm going Roman I have a sponge on a stick uh, read into that what you will uh, <laughs> well the, the Dutch are very creative they are uh, they experience. are an ingenious an ingenious species are they not <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. we probably should do some so, aviation news shall we <laughs> I know it is the
0: 20th of March and oh, come it's, on. it's, it's horrible too. out there
1: we've got to have a laugh haven't we
0: I know, I know, I know, and we will got plenty, plenty to laugh about on the show. Well, <laughs> so it is coming up to eight minutes past seven in the evening. A big welcome to everyone who's joined us in the YouTube chat room this evening. All the family members in there. Just a quick run through the list because Auntie Liz is in there. Obviously keeping an eye on things. We've got uh, Masha. Uh, we've also got Tanya W. Hello to you, Tanya. Neil Braden, Stephen Howland. Hello to you, Stephen. Uh, Dave Abbey. Hello to you, Dave. Oh, Dave. Uh, Benjamin Todd. Uh, the air stig, hello to you, air stig. Air stig, he keeps me, he keeps me well in check on the uh, P2K. Good, I'm WhatsApp. glad someone does. <laughs> and uh, who else have we got? Uh, Neil Bryden, hello to you, Neil Bryden. And uh, just scrolling back up, oh, oh Neville Baines is in obviously you've got to say hello? Never to heard me. of him. Who? <laughs> right. So welcome to everyone who's joined us tonight. So we've got lots to get through and lots of laughs to have and lots of beer to drink. So we're going to start the show then as we do this week with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So I'm ready. Are you guys ready? Born ready. Ready to go. So, kicking off this week's first news story on the Forbes.com website. Always sounds a bit posh, that website, the (laughs) Forbes.com website. So, this one is uh, headlines. Cathay Pacific are now adding flights to UK, US, as Hong Kong has coronavirus under control. Well, good on you guys. Cathay Pacific, Hong Kong's largest airline, has been one of the travel companies hit hardest by the outbreak of... COVID-19. I didn't say the C word then, just a different one. So no drinking yet,
4: guys.
0: (laughs) Hong Kong's proximity to the world's worst affected country of China meant that demand to the country dropped dramatically on the onset of COVID-19. However, Hong Kong has used sensible strategies to contain the outbreak of the Covid nineteen thing from the onset and officially. Everybody, everybody keeps reaching for their
1: drinks here. Come on, you're gonna have to say it in a minute. Officially it
0: Okay, <laughs> officially reported. Just 105 cases of the virus with two fatalities. Hong Kong is now being seen as an example to the rest of the world to follow. Very little panic has occurred in Hong Kong despite. Uh, contending with the outbreak of the virus for months. Cathay Pacific cancelled as much as 75% of flights at one point, but now the airline is setting a positive precedent for the rest of the aviation community that has grinded fleets and cancelled flights worldwide. The airline has reinstated some flights to the US and increased capacity on other routes. And Cathay Pacific is touting increased Easter demand and overseas residents wanting to return home to see family. A statement from the company said that as a home carrier of Hong Kong, Cathay Pacific understands that many Hong Kong students and citizens in North America and London are eager to come home as soon as possible in time for the Easter break. Cathay Pacific have re-added a daily flight to both New York and Boston in the U.S. between March 19th to the 21st, and upgraded the size of the aircraft on the Seattle and San Francisco routes from an A350-900 to the larger A350-1000. The airline is also reinstating CX254 from London on March 19th. Hopes are that the increase in capacity will, uh, and demand are a positive sign for the airline and the industry as a whole. So
1: possible good news? Well, I think it's definitely a step in the right direction, isn't it? Hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. And Cathay, uh, if anyone's going to do it right, these guys are going to do it right. Hong Kong is still on my um, bucket bucket list list of places to go to in the world. Me too, yeah, Yeah. absolutely.
1: Uh, By the way, uh, I know everybody's got backdrops, obviously, because nobody's in the studio this week, but I would just like to say, actually, the backdrop that I've got behind me, uh, let me just... uh, Pop it up uh, in full for you. Uh, Very kindly sent to us by uh, Russell uh, Prenticast. uh, Created in 2016 from a combined set of images from a static position in Clock Lane near Birmingham, which is really cool where they've all been uh, laid together like that. I mean, I'd like to think that no flights would ever actually fly that close together in real life. Uh, Now, wouldn't that be one hell of an air (laughs) show? That would be a hell of a fly pass, (laughs) never never mind anything else. But, uh, yeah, so thank you, Jack. Thanks for sending that in. That's a great picture, that is i dread to think i mean i'm i'm rubbish at things like uh uh uh, photoshop and things but that uh, must take ages to create something like that
0: so matt the next story for
1: you is is a nice story Is it? Okay, I'll be the judge of that. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, this is... Um, on, so it actually came from a link, LinkedIn. It's a story we found while we were doing the research uh, from there. And basically, long, long story short is that the Dublin Girls uh, School invited to Ryanair's HQ. Um, the, uh, I'm sorry, it's, it's, it's failed to open, so just give me a moment. Uh, oh, don't tell me things are going wrong here in the studio. we still online. <laughs> Are no. oh, Ryanair having to charge you to uh, open a story about Possibly, them, uh, yes, so. absolutely. Anyway, part of International Women's Day, There, all right, we're all away, uh, in 2020, uh, the, the students from a local Dublin's uh, girls' school uh, were invited into Ryanair's HQ uh, and they wanted to introduce the, them to women in the airline and to inspire them to pursue a career in aviation. At the beginning of the presentation, the students were asked to hold up cards to see what gender they instinctively associated with certain professions and to ask why this is the case after hearing from women in positions typically dominated by males in the aviation industry the students were again asked to hold up gender cards uh, the cards that were blue at the beginning of the presentation had now changed to pink we're hoping to highlight some of these women in aviation to inspire the next generation which is it's, it's a great thing to do actually isn't it to sort of uh, to, to get invi- invites to places like this is it's quite difficult, isn't it? It's... Um It's uh, also uh, sort of air linguists have been doing something uh, along similar lines uh, and they appointed Red Sea to conduct research to investigate why applications to its cadet programs among women uh, were so low. So we discovered that males are still more likely to consider STEM subjects. Uh, The role of a pilot is discussed with males considerably more than females in schools and colleges. We found that 19% of males and 8% of females discuss it uh, with career guidance counsellors and that uh, that's when asking female respondents why being a pilot isn't a career, 35% said it's because it was not being brought to their attention as a possibility in school or college. And I think really that's the only way that you're going to change uh, attitudes, isn't it, in regards to... Uh, uh, women wanting to be the pilots or engineers or whatever it is, like, is actually making it sort of, you know, right at the the start of your education to sort of feel that uh, you know anything's possible. I guess, but uh, yeah, a great story, uh, um, uh, a feel good story from Ryanair. Who'd have thought that was possible? <laughs> don't you think? Don't you
0: think this year? I know this year is is has been a bit. Um, it's been a bit uh, poo. Yeah. <laughs> a bit poo
1: this
0: year, but don't you think? Don't you think yeah, this yeah. this
4: year?
1: In
0: exactly, <laughs> in regards to promoting not just um, pilot training, but promoting the whole kind of industry for people to young people especially yeah. to join, they've been doing a lot more. I think the um, the, the airlines.
1: Yeah, I I, I, I couldn't. Uh, I, I wouldn't disagree with you there. Are yeah, you, I definitely. You, you
3: know, I, I was having a conversation with uh, Megan about this just literally just last night. And I think, you know, through its history, aviation has always been a male dominated industry. Agreed. However, I think though, aviation was also one of the first industries or technologies to embrace women. And if you just do a cursory search and go back to the beginning to the Wright brothers, um, there are plenty of women who were so important in aviation, especially in those early days of aviations in the 1910s, 1920s, you know, you have,
4: uh,
3: obviously Amelia Earhart was the, you know, the bulk of the nor- notoriety for women in aviation, but we were just reading a, a book about Beryl Markham, the West with the wind book and how she grew up in Kenya, you know, and she had her flying adventures, but, uh, when I was a cadet in the civil air patrol, we were, we were always studying the contributions of women in aviation. And if uh, literally, if you, if you go back to, to the, to the 1910s, 1920s, 1930s, there are, uh, I think compared to a lot of other industries, there are a lot of women that have just contributed so much to it and they just don't get enough credit, obviously, um, because we don't know their names uh, unless you study it or you're in the industry or something like that. But, um, while it is male dominated i think i think aviation has has embraced women from the very, very beginning. So
1: I mean, I I, I, yeah. I mean, I completely agree with you, Armando. My only my only concern is, that you've only got to look at the percentages where you know, I mean, that you know, quite often we're looking at single figure percentages for, you know, women who are you know actually active flying pilots as opposed to you know much much higher percentages for the men. I mean, what what can you do? Do you think what is the answer to sort of making it a much more level playing field? across um, you know all genders
3: my opinion is is exactly this it's uh it's these outreach programs to um to young women and, and especially now that there's such a big push for uh, science technology engineering and math so the stem subjects so you include aviation in 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 those stem subjects the you know, we're trying to get more, more women engineers. We're trying to get more women mathematicians and everything. And, and, and you just include aviation into that. And, and just, I, just like Ryanair is doing, we've never said that on the show before, just like Ryanair is doing, uh, in <laughs> British Airways, I think we've done some, <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> so glad I was sat down and, for that.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. Right. Uh, I think British Airways does it, you know, a lot of airlines do it where, um, especially during women's history month, they, they go out and they do these outreach programs and they try to get, uh, women into aviation. And, and, and to be honest, you know, I've said it before on this show, some of the best pilots I fly with and I've met are, are women pilots they Um, you know, we, Jody, Jody Ruger, who was on the show, i uh, I followed her. I've gotten a chance to get to know her over the last couple of years. Unbelievable that it's been over a year since we had her on the show, but, um, she's an amazing example right she takes young girls yeah. up for aerobatic rides she does mm. uh, her own outreach pro- outreach programs through her through her air show um uh circuit so that's it just get the word out get the word out you know we'll continue to do it on the podcast and and uh, you know do our little part
1: I mean, one thing that's appeared in the chat room here from Matt Bunting frame was saying it might be due to post-World War II having an abundance of males in the time of, of the boom, possibly, is it? I mean, you think, obviously, post-World War II, uh, that is essentially where, you know, like aviation as we know it really became a thing. Do you know what I mean? It, it's where it became such a a popular uh, thing. Perhaps that's um, got something to do with it, Um you know, I don't. I don't know. I think,
3: I think uh, up to World War II and maybe even the '60s and the '70s, um, a lot of the world subscribed to gender roles. You know, there was there was prescribed gender roles for in the house, in the workplace, in the industry. Uh, and World War II is a great example of that, right? The WASPs and the uh, the Women Air Service. Uh, that those guys don't get nearly the recognition they should. They, they kept the Air Force running. They kept well, yeah, the military running. Definitely. Um, you know, uh, but I, I think now as we continue to break down those gender roles and, and recognize that everybody is capable of doing everything, mm. I think that's the way to, uh, to you know, it, it's just an evolution. So we'll continue on this evolution.
1: Yeah. Fingers I'm crossed. off my high horse. Right. Very good.
0: Well done. <laughs> So so Nev obviously in the UK we've just uh, dropped our interest rates to the lowest they've ever been ever but this next story Nev doesn't reflect that at all.
2: No I mean the only thing I would say about this is this story was written on the 11th of March uh, straight after the the budget uh, in the here in the UK so uh treat this with a little bit of pinch of salt I would say at the moment because the things are going to be changing here I would say uh, this is on the which.co.uk website uh, and it says uh, despite speculation and calls from the travel industry there's been little change to air passenger duty in the budget uh, with coronavirus negatively affecting many airlines the travel industry has been heavily speculating that Chancellor of the Exchequer Rishi Sunak would cut APD by at least 50% by the end of the year many airlines have been required to cancel flights to italy and china and the rest obviously by now yeah. um uk um uh, airline Flybe b collapsed earlier in the month after a bailout <clears throat> sorry bailout plea was rejected um instead on the, the apg on long haul a- apd sorry <laughs> slipped there wasn't it uh, apd on long haul flights will rise with inflation for most flights by a few pounds from the 1st of April. Airlines can pass this increase on to customers subject to booking conditions. The government has promised that a con- consultation to reform APD will take place this spring Uh, so which explains what's changing and how the move will affect the cost of your holiday well first of all what is air passenger duty well it's levied by the UK government on all outbound passenger flights from the UK it was launched in 1994 and while some claim it has environmental benefits by discouraging air travel not uh, the estimated (laughs) 3.7 billion the Treasury raises from it in the last financial year suggests the government benefits too. APD is charged at three rates. Uh, and differs by short and long haul. Short haul flights are those from the UK to a country with a capital city less than 2,000 miles from London. Long haul flights are those distances greater than this. So roughly short haul covers flights to most of Europe, uh, some of North Africa and Greenland. So the three tiers are reduced, which is charged in the lowest class available in the economy with a seat pitch of less than 40 inches. Standard, charged in any other class where seat pitches are more than 40 inches. And higher charged on planes carrying fewer than 19 passengers which are typically uh, private jets. Uh, There's no APD charged on direct long-haul flights departing from Northern Ireland or flights from airports in the Scottish Highlands and Islands region. So how is it going to affect the holding makers for example? Well when you book a ticket the APD is already included in the cost of your ticket. However the government doesn't collect APD from airlines until after takeoff. So the small ride affecting long-haul flights in line with inflation uh, will have little impact on flight prices. If you're already booked to fly after the 1st of April, be aware that airlines can charge you the increase, even though you've already paid for it. Its booking terms and conditions will make this clear when you've booked. Uh, The government is also consulting on reforms to APG, uh, APD, sorry, in the spring. It will consider the case for changing the APD treatment for domestic flights, such as reintroducing a return leg exemption and for increasing the number of international distance bans. Um, So... I think uh, this is all very interesting, but it, I think it's actually been superseded uh, by some of the announcements just been made yeah. today. Uh, by the government regarding the coronavirus situation mm. um, and it would not surprise me at all if they review this because frankly nothing is flying, or very few things are flying at the moment quite so, yeah uh, they're not going to get any revenue anyway and they all the revenue they have got they're going to be dishing it out again uh, for reasons which we've heard mm. about on- well, and course, even when I- this
0: all does get sorted is even when this gets sorted mm. People aren't, you know, people are not going to have hundreds of thousands of pounds to spend on no. flights. They're going, they're going to need to no. to be.
1: Actually, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I feel slightly different about it. Obviously, the announcements and stuff that were made uh, today. I mean, you know, it's still, it's not completely solving the issue. But actually, um, I can't see any reason why. Certainly, from an employer employee point of view um why we can't come out the other side of it and sort of you know still book our, our holidays interestingly actually we just had a comment uh, coming on the chat room here uh from uh a chap by the name of james russell good evening james thank you for watching it says evening all currently day five on a 14-day isolation period oh dear uh, a lot of pressure here oh. chaps. he says hopefully tonight's show can give me some sanity back Right, so no pressure, uh, gents. No, I, yeah. I, that, that <laughs> I think <laughs> he's watching the wrong show, I'll be honest. But, uh, yes, well, th- uh, thanks for joining us, James. Um, uh, actually, uh, I think this is a good time to mention, um, many people may have, have noticed that we're, we're trying uh, ourselves to put out a little bit more um, content as best we can over um, using our Facebook channel, I think, actually. Is that where you, you guys are posting? Is that We are, you, yeah. yeah so what we've
0: decided was is that we're going to um, try and... Every now and again, we'll post something to let, let you know when we'll be on, and we'll each come on in our own kind of way and uh, do a bit of kind of a bit of a and a about the show, gives yeah. everyone a chance to interact with me, Nev, and Armando as well. Obviously, Matt, um, um, he's in charge, so he doesn't have to, uh, <laughs> to, to, to take on this thing. But it gives everyone a chance who listens to the show to ask questions to us as hosts uh, Actually, the show. We, so... We-
1: we do have a question directed at you, Carlos, just coming from Benjamin Todd. Here we go. Uh, can I ask oh, a silly really? question? Flights are cheap now, obviously, for a reason, but do you think it would be far too risky to book a flight and take a trip somewhere and just sit on the beach all day over there? Ooh. Do you know what? I, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I mean You I mean, can s- still get flights to places. <laughs> I mean, self-isolation on Mal- in Malta is... is not really self-isolation is it well. oh 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 matt 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 do you
0: man. know what if 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 someone said you've got to go and self-isolate in malta now okay. even though it's not even summertime give me that plane <laughs> i'm on it
1: i'm going yeah absolutely Oh dear! Oh come on, Nev. If you if you were in isolation, where, what would where would your uh, location you could go anywhere in the world and have to spend fourteen days there, literally mm. in self isolation.
2: Probably, where? I think, uh, yeah, Melbourne, uh, Victoria, oh, in Australia really? would, uh, w- really? would be made. as long as uh, it was in the the summer time. You know, right? Um, okay. So, yeah, it's uh, one of my favourite parts of the world. Um, normally, of course, in March I'd be going there to see the, the Formula One if I was going there, but there's no Formula One until uh, no, no, uh,
4: much no, later in. the year, so. Yeah,
1: come on, let's thro- let's throw that to Armando then. Wh- wh- where would you absolutely love uh, to go uh, if if you if you had to go and be on is- in isolation <laughs> somewhere? What would your desert island of choice be?
3: Northwest Wyoming. Oh.
1: Okay. I would Why? if
3: if given it, uh if given 2 weeks off of work right now <clears throat> and Megan could get off work and Maddie's not in school so the schools here have closed for 2 weeks yeah. we would jump in a uh, in an RV a recreational vehicle a camper a caravan whatever you want to call it mm. and I would drive to northwest wyoming somewhere just outside of yellowstone national park and just just sit there in the middle of the plains overlooking the mountains and go kayaking, paddling, you know, eating outside. Just talk about social distancing. I would be two miles from the nearest person. Fantastic. And uh, and (laughs) Ah. just reconnect reconnect with nature
1: absolutely right let's i'll tell you what we'll come back to this uh in a little while uh actually matt in the chat room just a quick one everybody in the chat room basically ping those uh ping your where you'd love to go uh into the chat room and we'll pop some of that we'll come back to it in a little while so ping in the chat room where you'd love to be isolated if you were going to have to be on lockdown where would you love to be Uh, yes you were sorry i didn't mean to interrupt
0: no, I, I literally – it's really bizarre because we've just been talking about Air Malta and I've literally just – Booked a flight? On. I just got an email. <laughs> no, no, no. just got a, a, an email actually from uh, from their uh, CEO. And oh, okay. just scrolling down, it just says, following a decision by the Maltese Health Authority, we will suspend all our commercial services uh, for flights departing after – 23:59 UTC today, Friday the 20th of March, until further notice.
4: Mm.
2: Uh, well, so there we go. Oh, very really so much for the, uh, the positive news then. Yes, yes
1: absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for that, Carlos. Uh, lovely. Yes. Oh, yeah. chin, chin, chin up, everyone. Oh. Chin up. So, moving on to the next story, which is is <laughs> yeah. Carlos, yeah, no, you, I'm sorry, story, sorry, this... Carlos. You get one of these. <laughs> Anyway, right. so yeah.
0: so this this next story says, says nothing to do with coronavirus. Hold on.
1: Oh, hang on. Oh, hang on. Drink, um, drink everyone. <clears throat> <clears throat>
4: um,
0: but uh, but it's a sad story, I think, because this this is my number three most favourite airliner um, ever produced. So, Armando, take it away.
3: Yeah. So uh, <laughs> unfortunately, actually, it does have to do with uh, that thing that we shall not speak of um so recently american airlines announced that it's
1: uh are we trying uh, too hard its fleet of, are,
3: we, are we trying too hard <laughs> uh, no you gotta you gotta you know you gotta do your best you yeah. gotta do your best to, to make light of the situation but uh yeah so american airlines is retiring its 767s by the end of may which is way earlier than they have uh they originally were planning on so many have been asking what kind of aircraft american plans to replace them with uh, and how soon these aircraft will go into service. Um, so just in a recent press release regarding the challenging aviation conditions, we're going to call it, uh, it uh, American realized that most of its fleet, with out of action, and the demand at an all-time low, it was a good time to ramp up its fleet maintenance and refurbishment schedules. So included in these schedules was the eventual retirement of its Boeing 767 fleet, originally proposed to take place over a few years with the first to be retired in May. Uh, American Airlines thought that it maybe should just get it over with and retire all 16 aircraft by the end of May. This would mean that no more maintenance on the aircraft, no more fuel inefficient aircraft in its fleet. Um, So American plans to uh, take delivery of 22 Boeing 787-8s to replace its 16 767s. These aircraft are going to be used to directly replace nearly all of the routes operated by the 767-300 and then allow the airline to open some additional new destinations. So comparing the two aircraft, the 767 can carry about 209 passengers at uh, just under 6,000 nautical miles, and the 787 can carry 239 passengers to a range of 7,300 nautical miles. Obviously, the new aircraft can fly further, carry more more passengers in the 7.6, um, add a reduced fuel burning uh, or fuel burn. Plus, the passengers have a better experience with the quieter engines, better pressurization, uh, bigger windows, which I think we're going to talk about later. Um, but it's not a complete upgrade across the board. The 787-8 carries less business class seats. Sorry, Nev than the (laughs) 767. (laughs) Uh, So there may be less of an award availability for those looking to upgrade. And additionally, the economy cabin seems a little bit more crowded with a different configuration, um, which is 232 on the 7.6 and 333 on the 7.8. Um, So the article kind of goes on talking about um, how they're going to phase these aircraft into, into service. And I think, in addition to this, not mentioned in here, American also said it's going to retire a seven fives. So, sorry, Matt, you don't get to fly on a seven fifty seven anymore with American.
1: Woo so. Happy to happy, happy, happy. See, oh. there, there are some. <laughs> there are some positives in all this. Uh, in all this is going on. Uh, we're we're going to go back to um, the, the the question that I set our chat room was saying where would they love to be in self isolation. Benjamin Todd. Um, has uh oh i've pressed the wrong button here uh talk amongst yourselves while i just correct this (laughs) oh dear i broke it everyone yeah yeah
3: (laughs) yeah so mbf says iceland that's a great choice the south island of new zealand i think i said it like three episodes ago i've met so many kiwis now that i like i need to go to new zealand
0: like
4: yeah, every, yeah every
3: New Zealander is so proud of their island, and I don't know if they go through school on how to advertise, but <laughs> every yeah, single yeah. one of them is so proud that it makes me want to jump on an airplane and go to New Zealand
0: absolutely um,
3: so yeah yeah air, sting, That's
0: on my air sting, what an answer yeah. self isolation at four and a half thousand feet. West of the Great Divide in a rented Cessna 172
1: <laughs> a rented Cessna 172 is, is there even a thing I, I mean honestly uh, Benjamin Todd uh, Benjamin Todd he was saying uh, that uh, basically the nearest beach with Wi-Fi laptop and some nice beverages I think that's uh, the answer, uh, answer there <laughs> uh, uh, Richard Adams uh, very reliable here South Island in New Zealand don 't blame him at all having been lucky enough to be to go there I couldn't agree more uh, and Given, this is given nice one. Yeah, an interesting um, choice by Matt Bunting. Frame Iceland. Um, that's um, that's pretty good. Uh, James Russell is saying Saint Tropez. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's uh, actually that's one of the places I'd love to go on. Uh, or, you know, that's that's on the bucket list. Definitely Saint Tropez. Don't they make good suntan lotion there? Uh, Right. Yeah. Okay. Ah yeah. um, right. oh, yes. Ah oh,
3: now yes. Now I see what you say. That's, that's how a joke. That's how a joke falls flat on its face.
4: Yeah, absolutely.
1: To uh,
2: that. That um, tumbleweed just. Then. Yes, absolutely. Oh. I need that
1: as a sound effect, don't I? I'll be working on that next. Day. Where's uh, yeah, absolutely. Where are uh, Miami Rick's crickets? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Newfoundland is Auntie Liz's choice, which I think is a fantastic choice. Um, and um, yeah, well, yes. Owen's in the chat room here, rather predictably he said uh, new zealand is one of the nicest destinations he's flown to um i must admit as i say i did the south island i, I keep promising myself that one day i'm going to go to because uh, i did the south island um uh no hang on which which one's that which which island is the is where auckland and all that is is that the north or the south i think it's the north isn't it Okay, deathly silence. Brilliant. Uh, Chat room. <laughs> is it just me on my own? Uh, yeah, I can't remember. I, I genuinely can't remember. But uh, yeah, so uh, whichever island it is that's got Auckland and uh, the Bay of Islands and uh, Lake Taupo and all that kind of thing. Because so I, I had um, I had three weeks basically travelling around uh, that. That part of New Zealand, and I think Wellington uh, was the best place because I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a uh, a nerd when it comes to things like Lord of the Rings. (laughs) So obviously the North Island was very. I I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was the North Island, Uh, but. Yeah, no, no, loving it. Absolutely. Um, Although Richard Adams is uh, a very sensible answer here. Look, Arctic is a good bet at the moment. Plus, they have 14 day quarantine at all times anyway, uh, which is a good point. Oh, yes. Auntie Liz has confirmed it is the North Island. There we go. So you can always rely on Auntie Liz for uh, for a good answer. Uh, But uh, yes, anyway, lovely. Thanks for that chat room. I knew I could rely on you. Um, uh, Carlos, I think it's uh, your go next, isn't it?
0: Yeah, this next story is um, when I found this this week. It was, oh, this is awesome. I love it. Acropolis Aviation, uh, com. This one. And if Matt can put the pictures up while I'm doing the story, there are some awesome pictures to go with the story. And I think this is everyone's dream aircraft to go on holiday on. Um, Although Nev obviously flies this way all the time. But this uh, story, (laughs) Acropolis Aviation, welcomes its brand new Airbus ACJ320neo. The world's first ACJ330neo, uh, re-delivered by AMAC Aerospace, designed by Alberto Pinto, lead designer Yves, Yves Picard, whatever that is, anyway. So this uh, aircraft features an elegant 19-seat cabin with sleeping for 17 people, focused on well-being for 12-hour flights without compromising on luggage capacity, delivering the highest levels of comfort with an average cabin altitude of 6,400 feet, coupled with an air Humidifier as well. Very latest technology, optimized for work and leisure with fast KA-band internet. So Acropolis Aviation, the UK um, charter operator, announced um, this week the arrival of Golf Kilo Echo Lima Tango. It's brand new AC320J. The aircraft touched down at Acropolis, Farnborough Airport, well, Farnborough to the airport's home on the 27th of February, the culmination of 13 months' cabin outfitting by Basel, Switzerland-based AMAC Aerospace. Its distinctive elegant cabin in was uh, overseen by, as I said, designer Yves Picard from Alberto Pinto. He congratulated the AMAC team who brought uh, the new design of to, light uh, to beauty. The aircraft takes long haul flying to a new level brings stylish accommodation for 19 passengers private master bedrooms luxury ensuite suite bedrooms with rectangular showers the largest ever showers to be installed on an airbus single aisle aircraft cabin space is versatile to suit Acropolis diverse clientele from heads of state to private individuals flying for business or leisure. There's an emphasis on wellness, though, uh, reflecting that uh, Acropolis Aviation's AC320 Neo, the first in a new family for Airbus, is capable of flying for over 12 hours. It features, mind you, 12 hours in that kind of luxury. I don't think even Matt would worry about that. Yeah, I'd I'd be all right with that,
1: funnily enough. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fine, yeah.
0: (laughs) Features a full-sized kitchen galley, there we go, Matt, for food preparation and an induction oven enabling preparation of fresh quality food without any fumes or odours with an average cabin altitude of 6,400 feet to enhance cabin well-being. Uh, The very latest technology is provided by Collins Aerospace, cabin management system, uh, along with its in-flight entertainment system stage showing hundreds of movies, TV programs to be viewed on 19 individual iPads and four large-screen TVs throughout the cabins. Collins is also providing its View LED mood lighting, interior lighting with its moving map displays, airshow features on the four large cabin screens, and the aircraft is also fitted with super-fast Wi-Fi by K-band internet connection. He said uh, that we're thrilled to be starting this new decade with the arrival of the aircraft, which we look forward to showcasing to the industry soon, he added. It's a great pleasure that we have executed and completed the project for Acropolis Aviation. One of the world's leading private aviation operators commented, Bernard Schramm, a group Chief Operating Officer of AMAC. Arrangements are underway with Airbus Corporate Jets, ACJ, to show the aircraft on the static display during EBACE 2020 in Geneva, which may well not go ahead now. But uh, the Acropolis became the first customer for the new family of aircraft uh, at the show in May 2015. And I have to say, when you look at these pictures of this aircraft, this is, to me, this is kind of like hotel in the sky. What do yeah. you think, guys?
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree yeah. more, yeah. Yeah, and there, uh,
3: if you go to acropolisaviation.com slash empty legs, I think there's a possibility that somebody could actually fly on this thing when it's just transiting. So the vast universe of PTUK listeners, if there is somebody out there that wants to take a take a chance at flying on this thing, Make sure you send us a segment in.
1: Oh, definitely, absolutely. I have to ask the question, Armando, is everything all right at home? <laughs> are you having yeah, some building you know, are you having some building work done or something? <laughs> no, it's uh so
3: I, I I've told you guys we, we we live by the lake, so we get people in all kinds of sports cars and motorcycles oh, okay. and <laughs> so I'm on a on sort of a minor street, what you would have sort of be a B-road Um, A B road by the seashore uh, Up there in East Anglia And I get the We get the weirdest Just sports cars always coming through here So sorry yeah. for the background noise
1: actually all jokes aside uh, carlos um richard's got a great idea basically we need to uh, uh we need to be thinking about uh one monster meetup once the virus is finally out of the way i think that's a great idea nev is always very helpful isn't he you're suggesting summer 2022 i think for said uh, meetup yeah. charming <laughs> you think it'll be over by then do you <laughs>
2: Oh, I hope so. <laughs> um, yes, absolutely. Uh, no, that's a good point, though. Uh, Richard made. I think we we should uh, look at do something, doing something when this is all over, because yeah. we'll all uh, need a bit of we uh, definitely you know, will. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Out, no, no te- uh, Stephen Howland, I think, has uh, uh, got a, a vaguely sensible. I'd uh, probably be around about show 500. He's probably not wrong there, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, never mind. Hey. <sighs> uh i don't know laugh or cry isn't it it's one of those
0: <laughs> hello oh sorry we're still here i'm just starting, right. i'm just going for a chat room what so, are you I'm, trying I'm to do doing doing online shopping sitting, sitting here re- reading <laughs> is reading a chat room totally miles away actually the next story right. funnily enough uh, man, this is actually yours show, carlos oh.
1: sorry oh. so the a, next I love, story. I love, I love dead air. It's fine. So you carry on us. <laughs> you know, know, it's
3: great. It's great when we thought Megan was going to fall asleep
0: through the show. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, great I when did. even the the creator. Yeah, of I didn't realise <laughs> that our commander
1: in chief had nodded off halfway through. But never mind. Sorry, anyway. sorry, yeah. sorry,
0: sorry, man. sorry, men, sorry, men. So, yeah, being Carlos, I'm very a good, sorry, but you no, get another it's one a good of these. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's a
3: good thing that the rest of the world has nothing to do and everybody's just yeah. locked into their house because they'll just hang in there yeah,
0: with yeah, us.
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> can I can I just can I just say
0: one thing uh, before we move on? No. <laughs> Coronavirus.
1: Hey, oh, oh, hang on. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, anyway, moving yeah. on.
0: The next story, Matt. Yeah. This one is for you. Oh, well, and uh, this this <laughs> this is either this is either kind of good news or this
1: might not even happen. News, but it's kind of. Good news. Well, we're, we're going to say we're going to say good news. Come on, let, let, let's think positive. Yeah. So uh, um, you, you can it, this is sort of I don't know, easyJet trying to put a, a positive spin on it, isn't it? So uh, mm. it's uh, basically to, to cut a long story short, that uh, it is uh, on the Olive Press is the source. It's uh, involving EasyJet and basically they're saying uh, that EasyJet is to launch the winter schedule early to allow people to change their flights to a much later date so easyjet has launched its winter 2020-21 schedule uh, early due to um that thing uh, in an email sent out to two customers today the luton based company explained that they were releasing the schedule today um and uh, this has been done early in order for people to be able to change their current flights for a date next year which i think is a brilliant idea in addition they've also waived their change their charge fees or their change fees sorry so that travelers can amend their current orders for free uh this is something that ryanair has also done causing uh, a wrath of customers um, uh, as alternative dates have inflated prices. All right, okay. Uh, until midnight on March 24th, all flights on the 25th of October 2020 until February 28th, 2021 uh, will be available at or below €32, 32 Euros one way per person. This comes after the low-cost airline announced that all its flights from the UK to Spain have been cancelled until March due to uh, grab your glasses, everyone. The coronavirus. And, uh, ching <laughs> ching, <laughs> ching. Absolutely, quite. Uh, <laughs> cheers. Um, ching, anyway, ching. Uh, this uh, the, the fine part of the email. Uh, the fine print of the email, however, specifies that flights to Germany, Morocco, Egypt, Tunisia, Israel, and Jordan will be released at a later date. But I mean, it's not. You know, I I, I don't know. It's it's every Cloud has a silver lining. I guess that's that's the thing, isn't it? It's a you know an attempt at a positive spin. Um on a bad situation, isn't it? So at least those who did have flights booked can now think about, uh, you know, looking ahead, if you like. Because I think half of the battle of getting through all this is making sure that we have something to look forward to at the end of it. And do you know what? I think Richard's 100% on it with this one. We need to start organising um, our big meetup for sort of like post chaos, don't we? I think that's a brilliant idea. What do you reckon, Nev?
2: Great idea. Yeah, I like the sound of that. Uh, just to um, talk about the Spanish situation, of course, Mrs Nev and I uh, oh, were yes. due to be uh, in, in Spain, uh, but luckily for us, uh, she was ill on the way to the airport, so we just right. came straight home. Uh, otherwise, we, we <laughs> you might have been, been stuck. stuck. Yeah, But uh, two days afterwards, in fact, it was a Tuesday of this week, um, all of the, uh, all the hotels uh, yeah, were closing all closed, down, by, weren't they? So, uh, Yeah. yeah that would have been very difficult ironically
1: you had a very um you had a very uh, sort of... Hello, uh, Jenny in lucky, Rome. Lucky, lucky mm. shoot, didn't you? Absolutely sort of lucky call there, really. Uh, who, yeah. would have, who would have thought that somebody being taken ill could be considered a positive thing? <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Look, the chat room's going absolutely nuts. I, lo- I love how Jenny, bless her, look. I don't know if you, the picture does, isn't that clear on here, but in the bottom left-hand corner, look, Jenny's actually wearing her PTUK T-shirt look in her little uh, YouTube thing. That's Anyway, she's just popping in and out. No doubt, as always, at this time of day, busy cooking everyone's food bless her um but uh, yes uh, welcome jenny nice to see you
0: so the next story nev uh we always talk about long flights and we all love a nice long flight apart from matt of course no, thanks. but uh, yeah. nev this is a, an airline that um we know of but this is not one of those airlines that kind of we hear about all the time
2: no that's right we don't don't hear much about it in the news but this is on the simpleflying.com website and um it says that air tahiti nui has uh, successfully completed the world's longest flight using a dreamliner it's also the world's world's longest flight overall and the longest domestic flight ever to have taken place the flight traveled non-stop between Papeete in uh, tahiti and Paris, France, covering 15,715 kilometres in 15 hours and 45 minutes. Now, uh, with challenges to flight paths due to restrictions imposed around the world, um, airlines are needing to apply some out-of-the-box thinking in order to operate some of their services. Uh, one such creative solution was witnessed uh, from one of the world's smallest but relatively well-known airlines, which is uh, the one we just mentioned, Air Tahiti Nui. Uh, the French Polynesian airline usually operates a flight between Papiette and Paris with a stopover in Los Angeles en route. However, with the travel ban affecting French travellers, the stop in LA w- was off the table. As such, the airline decided to operate the flight non-stop on March the 15th flying a a plane load of passengers directly to Paris from its home. At the distance of 15,715 kilometres, the flight overtakes the current world's longest regular flight, which is Singapore Airlines Service between Singapore and Newark, which comes in at 15,343 kilometres. Oddly enough, the flight is technically a domestic flight, so has also taken the crown as the world's longest domestic flight, a record which is unlikely to be, to be broken anytime soon. Well, the flight itself, it was a 787, which was scheduled to depart from Papiette at uh, 0300 local time on the 15th of March. It departed just about on time pushing back at 0310 and the flight number was TN64 uh, operated by aircraft Foxtrot Oscar Tango Oscar Alpha which is a six month old 787-9 that was delivered to the airline on the 10th of August of last year. The flight according to uh, radar Flight Radar 24 took 15 hours and 45 minutes to complete and uh, it touched down in Paris at uh, 5.54 in the morning or almost half an hour ahead of its scheduled arrival time of 6. 20. Uh, With the success of this flight, Air Tahiti takes the crown for the world's longest flight and and using a Dreamliner, uh, and of course, the world's uh, domestic flight, as as we already mentioned. Uh, It's a huge accolade for the tiny airline uh, headquartered in the Pacific, but it's also an, an exceptional trip. The airline cannot make the trip. Uh, back in one go, as such will be stopping in Vancouver in Canada for refueling. It has said that it 's not planning any additional non stop flights in the coming days and weeks, uh, but both with both Vancouver and Guadeloupe planned as alternative fuel stop locations. Um, the published range of the Dash 9 is only 14,800 miles which is about 1,000 kilometers sorry, uh, 14,800 kilometers uh, which is about 1,000 kilometers short of the required distance for the flight. Uh, for Singapore Airlines uh, regularly scheduled uh, to from Singapore to Newark service the airline uses a specially modified ultra-long range A350 with a premium heavy seating to configuration to lower the carried weight. Air Tahiti didn't have time to modify its Dreamliner for the flight or to add additional fuel carrying capacity. However, it's likely that the flight was achievable due to widespread low demand for travel at the moment. Uh, whilst they don't have figures for uh, from Air Tahiti for the load factors on the flight, other airlines are reporting loads as low as 20 to 30 percent down on international routes. And as such, the unloaded underloaded Dreamliner could have easily made the trip thanks to the reduced weight on board. Um, I have to say, again, things have moved on since that article was written because I think we're, we're down to uh, much lower load factors um, mm. now. That was written on March the 16th, so that was four days ago. So, Do you know what? I
0: have to say? They probably have one of, I think, one of my favourite liveries, you know, Nev. It is nice, isn't it? Yeah. It is really. And I, I have to say, I've just been looking online at, at um, some of the pictures of the interiors of their Dreamliners, and even their interior is so um, nice, mm. uh, really, really nice, vibrant colours, a lovely colours interior. The interior is really, really look nice on this airline. But again, it's one of those airlines that we've we've not really heard tons of stuff about. Really,
1: mm. have we? No, indeed. I've just po- I've just just popped a, a picture up. Actually, I, I hope you get the cushions with it as well. That looks lovely. <laughs> that, that, that is just oh, that is awesome! Such a bright.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like that, isn't it? Yeah, Very it's nice. Light, light and airy. Light and airy, that's it, yeah. Armando, is this um, an airline you're, um, uh, you know, well-versed in?
3: No, I, I like you guys, I think we've done a couple stories here and there in the past, but uh, no, it's first... Uh, I, I'm glad that a small airline like this is setting, you know, such a significant benchmark.
0: Mm. So the next story, Armando, for you is... Um, this is just bizarre. I think from the actual headline, this starts off as bizarre straight away. Yeah.
3: So from simpleflying.com, are you flying on a 787 soon? You can install your own stained glass window. So one cunning entrepreneur has come up with a way to pimp your aircraft during your next flight available in a range of sizes. The Magical Superstore is selling stained glass window inserts designed to adhere to aircraft windows. Uh, Simple Flying has covered some strange stories uh, over the past couple years. In fact, the tutu-wearing dogs, which delayed a flight, and a runaway golf cart, uh, they thought they'd covered it all. However, despite all these negative news currently circulating, the folks at Magical Superstore have found another odd story for them and us to report. Uh, so you may be used to seeing stained glass windows at churches or perhaps an old castle, but at 36,000 feet. If you haven't, go over to that store. Uh, this They're selling stained glass films that you can stick over the window next time you're traveling. According to the store selling them, these stained glass windows would allow you to enjoy a dazzling stained glass window while you read a book, nap, or prey on your flight. What's more is they go on to claim that they can be used as protective film against germs on plane windows. Eh, debatable. <laughs> uh, yeah. So here are some prices if you make your way over there. Let's see the Airbus A330 is uh, $25. A350 is $30. If you happen to find yourself on, on a Boeing 707, that is uh, 35 $35. Uh, I think the last one was operated by an iranian carrier <laughs> uh let's see seven sixty seven thirty five triple sevens forty five and seven eighty seven for a whopping fifty dollars uh there you go so you can buy a three pack for uh you know if you get that thing which we shall not speak of on your previous stained glass windows <laughs> you can buy a three pack and uh, and get some extra replacements but um, there you go. Some uh, I, I, think, I, know, I think pleasing my, views.
1: I think my favourite uh, comment from uh, from the chat room while that is uh, from Richard Adams, where he says, "Vatican air." <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I, mean, I like that. <laughs> it's uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess you get nice, pretty colours off the back of it. That's the only. That's the only thing, I suppose, as you say, certainly. Uh, but, I, I, you know, uh, good on Simple Flying, sort of friends of the show. Uh, they've been very kind uh, in, in uh, sort of, uh, I, I don't know, trying to find good positive stories uh, in all this uh, hideous doom and gloom. So, uh, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> good on, it's, right. it's a good move. It's a good move on their part, let's be honest. <laughs> I like it.
0: Yeah. So, the next uh, story, and this one is uh, actually this comes the link actually comes via um, Facebook for this one. And uh, this is uh, the Irish Coast Guard, uh, which is on the actual header for the actual story on here. So, working under Irish Coast Guard helicopter R116, that says, Today we rescued a lady cut off by the tide. Uh, on Merion Strand, which dropped her back safely on the beach to the Laoghaire crew. R116, just after midnight, three years ago in the early hours of the 14th of March 2017, a Sikorsky S92 Irish Coast Guard helicopter went off the radar, call sign R116. Says here that they lost four colleagues and were loved, and today are still left uneasy. Captain Dara Fitzpatrick, Captain Mark Duffy, Winchman Kieran Smith, and Winchman Paul Ormsby all lost their lives on a rescue mission. The expression we heard recently sums up how most Irish Coast Guards uh, personally today still feel. Now three years on about the loss, Uh, we are all. Okay, but just okay. Today's rescue, or the a rescue that's actually brought into light on this story, uh, left a special signature in the sky. And the pictures can be seen. I don't know whether Matt's putting it up on the screen while I'm reading this, but uh, the special
1: signature. Wow, in the you're sky hopeful, aren't you? I'm busy drinking June, I don't know what you're
0: doing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, but the story as well, <laughs> as a recap, so just as a recap for those that might not be familiar, the Sikorsky S-92 that that was performing top cover support for another helicopter while that helicopter is offshore performing a search and rescue off the west coast of Ireland on March the 14th back in 2017. So in a preliminary report published in April 2017, the Air Accident Investigation Unit found that the helicopter had clipped the small island off uh, of Black Rock at an altitude of around 200 feet while on approach to Black Soul Lighthouse for a refueling stop, and subsequently crashed out of control into the sea. The preliminary report also suggests that Black Rock Island was not the date on the database of the enhanced ground proximity warning system. A draft final report had been circulated with interest parties in September of last year. However, the Irish Minister for Transport, Shane Ross, has announced that certain findings made by the Air Accident Investigation Unit will be re-examined. One of the parties subject to the investigation sought a re-examination after informing the Minister of the belief that some of the draft findings and conclusions reflected adversely on their reputation. This has delayed the final publication of the report. I'm casting my mind back, I can remember this being in the news um, back a few years back, actually, mm. with this crash. And it was very, very sad at the time because, as, as they were, they were on a um, on a rescue mission. So very sad indeed. It just goes to prove that you know, even being in the profession of say these guys coast guard you're not infallible you know accidents can happen and unfortunately this um, resulted in uh, in a loss of life
3: yeah I'll, I'll add in here carlos the my first cousin is a rescue diver for the us coast guard and um, a lot of times when when i was Still on the Osprey over there in england the we would rely on both the Coast Guard and the um, rNli um, to to be on duty and on shift when we were flying and we would actually take uh, not more risk but if they weren't available to come rescue us we knew their capabilities were were just just fantastic so if they weren't available to to respond to us we would Uh, mitigate that risk by either flying higher or we would fly in, in less bad weather. Um, So just to, you know, there's, there's a, there's a lot of good documentaries out there. There's a good movie um, with uh, Ashton Kutcher and I think uh, Kevin Costner about, about Coast Guard, the Coast Guard, but uh, as, as aviators and aviation enthusiasts, usually we look up at the sky and if, if we see, you know, 200 foot overcast with uh, moderate rain or icing or icing levels down to the surface. Most of us say, ah, we're not going, but, but a lot of the time these guys don't have the, the option of saying that and, and nobody gets lost in great beautiful weather. Um, so they're often responding in the middle of the night in just the most terrible weather. Um, and I, you know, I've always had a soft spot for first responders, but 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 the Coast Guard and and the and the Royal Lifeguards, they they are just amazing organizations that with amazing capabilities and and above all, amazing people, um, as evidenced by this crew that that you know paid the ultimate sacrifice. So um, I've always had just a great admiration for for Coast Guard aviators and and the the, the folks out on the boats too. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Agree. Yeah, actually, it's, it's something I, I I meant to say on last week's show. Actually, those of you who obviously know that I lost my grandfather earlier on this year, but um, I, I'm actually really proud to say that um, when we had the um, had the funeral, that the charity that uh, Granddad chose for all the donations to go to was actually the Air Ambulance, which uh, was really quite warming. Mm. I will say. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Oh, so actually, it says on the show notes. We've just had an addition to the show notes. I will say, whilst has been live. <laughs> so uh, the uh, John Hutchinson. Don't forget the uh, the, the uh, series of interviews that we had uh, was actually he was actually asking uh, for any donations if you appreciate the uh, series of interviews to go to the RNLI, which obviously is a another very very important um, part of our. Our heritage here on the east, especially for us, Matt, and the east coast with the yeah, RNLI definitely. stations that we have around the east coast.
1: Well, I mean, any services like that, and also the um, East Anglian Air Ambulance, for example, uh, they were yeah. very much uh, on duty uh, as I was coming home tonight. Actually, they were uh, they were landed uh, in, in a field in, on in just on the outskirts of Lowestoft um, as I was coming home. So it's. Uh, you know, these, all of these services are, are really vital, aren't they? But, uh, you know, Very RNL, important. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and the scary thing is certainly with the RNLI, that as, um, as John Hutchison was saying, I mean, they are, they, are, they are volunteers, which is crazy, isn't it? You know, uh, you can't believe Very. something we rely on so heavily, especially, as you say, here in the East, um, is a voluntary service. It's absolutely crazy.
0: So, Matt, the next story for you, I hope you've got uh, your jumper and your woolly jumper and your uh, woolly hat and scarf on, because this next story (laughs) is... pretty damn
1: cold is it right okay so this is uh, we're going back to oh hello my camera's gone all bananas sorry about that uh simpleflying.com and the headline is australia lands airbus a319 in antarctica for a rescue mission so yesterday an airbus a319 landed in in, in antarctica uh, to a medical emergency the aircraft was flown by the australian antarctic division to the frozen continent the reason to bring a us Citizen to safety where they could receive medical treatment. So, what happened? It's not every day that you hear about commercial aviation aircraft uh, flying to Antarctica. However, earlier this week, that's exactly what an Airbus A319 did. On Friday, the 13th of March, there should have been an alarm bell there ringing somewhere. Uh, the Australian Antarctic Division, the AAD, received a call from the US Antarctic Program in regard to a medical emergency. One of their team, based in the east of Antarctica at uh, the McDurdo. Mac- uh, station was in need of treatment and that could not be locally administered. With the temperature well below freezing, the AAD set out on a 3500 kilometer rescue mission to save the program member. Uh, The aircraft was based in Hobart, Tasmania and arrived at the MacDurdo base uh, with a capable staff unit. Uh, On board were medical and uh, aeromedical teams and a specialist retrieval unit. Despite the bracing conditions, the aircraft was able to land safely on the frozen continent and transfer the casualty to hospital in Christchurch. Uh, In response to the rescue effort, Charlton Clark, the general manager of of the Antarctic Operations and Safety at the Australian Antarctic Division. Uh, Said that everything went well as they could have hoped. Speaking in a press release, uh, Mr. Clark said uh, the conditions on the ground were challenging. When the Airbus landed at McDoDo Station, it was around minus 30 degrees Celsius with wind chill. Uh, We are really pleased to be able to assist the United States Antarctic Program as a first responder in this emergency, Mm -hmm. and it's a real testament to the great spirit. Of cooperation between Antarctic nations, um, it's it's a great story, really, isn't it? There's a couple of amazing pictures actually, which I'm just going to uh, pop up uh, on the screen, if I may, because I mean, th- this is a sight to be hold. Basically, an A319, uh, essentially uh, not on tarmac, but on an icy runway. I mean, that is an incredible image, isn't it? Uh, when you consider the weight of that aircraft and, and the fact that it's sort of sat there, I wonder, I wonder uh, how easy taking off was. Uh, I don't know if the snowstorm behind it was uh, a bit of a challenge, no doubt. But uh, yeah, a great
0: oh, story know, Armando, there, Armando. Have you ever flown in uh, in very wintry conditions in your time?
3: Yeah, quite a bit. Um, it's actually a, it's actually not that hard. You just have to plan for it. You have to. You can't break. You're going to use a lot of uh, reverse thrust or beta range if you have that. Um, but it, we, we actually do it all the time. Um, a lot of times in these northern climates there's there's uh, very little snow plowing capability or sometimes the snow is just falling so um, you know so fast that they, they don't have the ability to clear it out. And we have a, we have a way to measure runway conditions. so it's measured on a scale of basically no braking through good braking action and then everywhere in the middle and it just factors into your into your risk matrix um you know uh, a uh, a snowed over runway that's dry snow but it's clear weather you, you have no problem going into it but if you if you combine in perhaps an icy runway with a strong crosswind and then you know bad weather conditions low ceilings or something like that that may elevate your uh your sort of risk acceptance level or something like that. But, you know, flying down in Antarctica, if it's dry snow and it's a long runway and you can point it into the wind, go for it.
1: <laughs> you make it sound so easy. <laughs> just,
0: yeah, you'd be surprised how common it is. Really? Gosh. I, I was just think of the great snowball fights you could have in that kind of um, – mm situation. Snowball fights. honestly.
3: It
1: yeah. Such chill. You know, what,
3: what's interesting is when you go into reverse or uh, in the Pilatus, you know, what I fly, you, you can only go into sort of a, a, a half reverse, a, a beta range. You can't go into full reverse, otherwise all of the snow will go forward, and then it totally wipe, wipes out your, your windshield, and then you can't see where you're going. But as long as you stay off the brakes and just do a little bit of reverse and sort of roll it all the way out, let the snow... Slow you down, then uh, you can you can do a you know five thousand foot snowed over <laughs> runway in a Pilatus, no problem.
1: As you do. <laughs> so, then
0: next yeah. story uh, for you, Nev, and get your beers ready, people. Oh, right. Because there oh. may be a c word in here. So, Nev, take it away.
2: Yeah, it's on the airlinegeeks.com website and it says uh, Japan Airlines prepares for Olympic flame transfer with special livery. Uh, With the Games of the 32nd Olympiad still planned to begin on July the 24th, the transition of Olympic flame from Greece to Japan will be completed this week using a Japan Airlines aircraft uh, as an intermediary to get the flame across continents. I have to say straight away, this story was written on the seventeenth of March, so things may have moved on since then. Or
1: I, I know. So, I, I know. I was I was watching a story um, this the this morning actually, where they say unbelievably, certainly this element of it is the the arriving of the torch, the law, the lighting and taking. It was still going ahead, which I must admit yeah. I was very surprised about. Um, I mean, Bold, I, I can also. only imagine that the the relay <laughs> element to to things is is. It must be yeah. a doubt, surely. I mean... Mm-hmm.
2: Well, uh, it says that both JAL and all Nippon Airways have sponsorship deals in place with the Games, but Japan Airlines was chosen to be the one to fly the flame. uh, In cooperation with the two largest Japanese carriers, a special livery and path between the two nations has been determined and will be executed. uh, In fact, yesterday, wasn't it? Assuming there was no delays that could arise. Mm. Um, Japan Airlines has a long-standing history of being the official airlines uh, for international events. Uh, the airline carried the previous flame for the Tokyo 1964 Olympics using a Douglas DC-6 to carry the uh, torch from Athens to Tokyo. Furthermore, JAL has been the official airline of the Japanese Olympic team since 1992 and the Japanese Paralympic team since 2005. Alongside the Olympiad, the airline is the official airline for the Samurai Blue, which is uh, Japan's national football team with both teams, usually seeing a special livery when their respective international event comes around every two or four years. For the event, uh, JAL's uh, 787-8 Dreamliner, uh, which is uh, Juliet Alpha 837 Juliet, has been given a special uh, livery to celebrate the event. The livery features a mix of gold and red trim with an outline of a human carrying the torch on the Ford fuselage. The airline's name, rival's name and official Tokyo 2020 logo make up the only text on the forward fu- fuselage. Over the wing reads, Tokyo 2020 Olympic torch relay, whilst the rear reads, Hope lights our way. Uh, The tail is mostly white and the official torch relay sticker above the Olympic rings. The aircraft will hold the flame uh, from Athens to uh, Matsushima Air Base, which is uh, located just to the north uh, of the city of Sendai. Uh, The flame was lit on March the 12th for an original week-long trip from Olympia to Athens, uh, but was suspended not long after due to Europe's uh, current coronavirus woes. The flame will still travel to Athens and be handed over to the Games Coordinators for the trip to Japan, but the event has since been closed to the public. Uh, Once in Japanese control, the Olympic flame will transition via the Dreamliner to the host country's territory, where it will take its remaining 100-mile trip uh, 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 on foot to the J-Village National Training Centre, located outside Fukushima. Uh, the arrival ceremony will be highlighted by former Japanese Judo gold medalist uh, Namura Tadahiro uh, and gold medal winner Sahori Yoshida. Uh, after the event at J-Village, the torch will depart on a tour of Japan uh, with plans already in place to limit crowds due to the COVID-19 virus. At the time of writing, the International Olympic Committee was reviewing the current plans to hold the Tokyo 2020 Olympics on time. The series of athletic events are expected to begin in July and run into August. However, with travel restrictions and the collapse of the athletics scene globally as a result of the coronavirus ep- epidemic, the IOC will review the current plans for the summer games with changes potentially being made to help avoid an underperforming or fan-less Olympic game so there's still lots going on there and they at the this point where we're on the friday evening here in the uk they uh, it is still going ahead but it would not surprise me if they they make other decisions i mean
1: sure. surely they've got no choice given how things are going on at the I moment agree. i mean it's uh, it, in the current climate it would seem absolute madness wouldn't it
2: mm, yeah i think so
0: such a shame such a shame indeed quite so Armando oh. hopefully uh, you've not got any speed boats going past or anything you can uh, <laughs> take uh, take the next story no, 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 no,
3: no, no just a right motorbike instead just a just a right there on cue there a
1: motorbike
4: <laughs>
3: right on cue there's a Harley Davidson going back what a tough life uh, eh? it is uh, motorcycles speed boats airplanes you know yes.
1: You it's know, the lake nice, lights. Nice to know that everyone's taking self-isolation so seriously, isn't it? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, what are you going to do? Uh, anyway, so this last story in the commercial segment is uh, not so much of a story as much as it is a guide for all of us here in the aviation community. Woo. So it's It's actually a website called spotterguide.net. Uh, and I won't lie, I'm kind of an av geek so I have done my share of plane spotting and I remember when I was a kid sitting uh, just outside the San Juan international airport with my dad and we would sit out out just off the runway at Ronald Reagan international airport uh, in Washington DC. So um, this, uh, this spotter guide gives you some of the best spots, and it's a, a community uh, website, so you can, uh, you can contribute to it if you find a good spot. But really, it, it could just serve as a, a, a destination guide for any one of us ab geeks. Um, so here are some just on their splash page. Um, so we've got St. Lucia spotting guide, New York's LaGuardia. Uh, we've got Barbados, Marseille, Royal Air Force Mildenhall is number six. That's oh, wow. Um, Ireland, West Airport, uh, let's see, Fort Myers, Southwest Florida International Airport, Singapore, St. Petersburg, Russia, uh, Cyril King Airport in St. Thomas. That's a great place. A lot of YouTube videos come out of there with uh, airplanes coming just uh, about 50 feet over your head. So, um, yeah, if you're looking for a destination and now that plane tickets are cheap,
0: if you want (laughs) to social
3: distance yourself or stand six feet away from another plane spotter, uh, head over to spotterguide.net, book yourself a cheap 32-euro ticket to Bergamo. Don't go to Bergamo, it's not a good place to go right now. Um, <laughs> go <laughs> go to, uh, you know, Krakow or something like that, and then uh, go get yourself some good pictures.
0: Like the picture they've used for the uh, Mildenhall one with the uh, the AWACS. Oh with yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah plumes the plumes of exhaust smoke coming from the engine is that is that air
1: wax just that those... is that just doing their part for the environment <laughs> is that those chemtrails that everybody keeps talking about <laughs> oh god these these are these aren't chemtrails these are these are coal coalfired that's not without its charm. Uh, uh actually listen uh, <laughs> w- 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 now, before we uh, t- speaking of uh, uh plane spotters and and uh and amazing people uh i, I if uh, I, i'm going to play this actually because i believe he says, and it's not working. Brilliant. Oh, well, that was a shame. That would have worked really well. Should we good. just sing it anyway? Yeah, I can say it would have worked really well if I'd have pressed the button and actually did what it... It's 10 seconds in and it's still not played. So it's obviously... It is doing it anyway. It'll suddenly kick in. Anyway, it's Myla's birthday today, everyone. So, uh, you know, I, I think we I think we should attempt to, to sing a song. This is not going to work this well, with all, well. This, with all this latency. That's why I was kind of hoping the music yeah. would play. But never mind. Uh, after three, ladies and gentlemen. One, two, three. A happy birthday birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, my love, happy birthday 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 to you, you. that was, you know, that was almost beautiful, Uh, in the same way that a car (laughs) crash might be a beautiful thing, I think that gets a big... It's as beautiful as a <laughs> uh, Okay, uh, the soundboard is completely packed up. That's brilliant. Uh- <laughs> okay, so we are going to move on with the show. Oh, and
0: uh, we're going to move on to the next part of the show. And uh, it's safe to say that uh, obviously Never's back this week. So never has got a very special segment to bring us next. So we're going to hand things over to the legend that is... Neville
2: Williams. Oh, thank you, Carlos. Well, I was very fortunate a few weeks ago. Uh, I was doing some filming uh, up in Cambridge uh, with uh, Matt and Andy from the A320 podcast, just to help them film their, their next series of training videos. Um, and the, it's a fantastic facility there, actually. I've been there uh, once before. Uh, com is their website, should you wish to go and visit it. And they've got a 737- uh, NG and an A320 simulator, both fixed oh, wow. base, but v- extremely uh, realistic and very good indeed. So we had a full day's filming there. And I said to uh, Matt and Andy, do you think, because um, I've had a go at the Concorde simulator at Brooks- Brooklands, oh, I've had you? a go at the 737 simulator at um, uh, where we were at, um, you know, the place we went to uh, for our 200th <laughs> show. MP um, simulations. That's it, yeah. NP simulations, of course. Um, but I'd never flown uh, an A320 before with the side stick controller, so I thought I'll have a go at it. Anyway, they set me up for, um, actually it was a you know, completely clear day, so there was no wind or anything like that, but right. they set me up no. for a, uh, an ILS <laughs> into London's Gatwick 2.6 left, and this is what happened.
1: Oh, okay, here we go. Right, so come on, you talk us talk Speech us through language. this, Nev. What's um... managed, yes, well, um,
2: first of all? It's um, the realism is fantastic. You know, it, it's 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 really really uh, realistic. You, you, your um, uh, peripheral vision, as you've seen from other simulators, is you know, it really does complete the picture for you. Um, and uh, so this is just us. Joining the localizer, I think probably by the looks of things, Um, and uh, we um, we're on probably about a five or six mile final now into the uh, into the airport. So Uh, I I know which. I guess I I, 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 through the screen there the uh, uh, the airport. Too
0: low gear. Too no, low no, flaps. No, too no, low
2: no, gear. No. Whoop, whoop, oh, Hold up. Oh, whoop, whoop, is hole up. Some, uh, is there some sound with this, by the way? Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. I'm pleased about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. and uh, actually, well, it's it's quite straightforward up until about well, I don't know. 800 feet, something like that, and then suddenly the it feels as though the sty, side stick controller movements, you've got to be really, really careful with them because uh, you can easily over-control it. So, uh, um, also because
1: we, we've all had to go, obviously, we had, a, at, at the 200s, we all had to go with the 737-800, mm. didn't we, essentially the Ryanair plane. Uh, yeah. for now, obviously, that had, like, the, you know, the big rudder control thingy that was in the, sort of, like, between your legs, and you had this the oak. big... The, the yoke. Sorry, thank you. Thanks for that. Oh no, not the rudder control. That's something else, and that's to do with the pedals, isn't it? Anyway, yes. uh, <laughs> get me. Um, so I mean, obviously, uh, I mean the Airbus is the Airbus is very much famed for having what I like to call a joystick, isn't it, for for controlling? <laughs> how did well, it, how did how, how did that feel like different? Or, or, having yeah, had
2: a go actually, with. The, yeah, with the you, you've just got to uh, again the, the, uh, it, most air well I mean for all aircraft all Airbus aircraft are oh, very hello. stable so this is me flying it manually now so they have disconnected the autopilot so I'm this is me literally flying right. it um, now in charge oh, <laughs> I think that uh, it's it would be I mean obviously you've got to go through you know months and months and months of training and hours and hours to do all this properly but it was slightly easier than i expected it to be but as i say in in the last sort of uh six well probably yeah 750 feet or so uh it's very easy to over control it and you'll see although i did land on the runway it was as they say slightly left of center line 50 40 30 20 10. In the filming of this uh, segment, <laughs> um, but um, uh, it was it was a really good experience, but but quite hard work. Um, but luckily, I had a very experienced captain to my right, um, who was uh, helping me through it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it was a great experience, and uh, this was at the end of a long day's filming as well. So it wasn't yes. wasn't my best.
1: No, no. So. Uh, well, while, while, while we're waiting for you to be on finals, uh, shall we say? Well, you're on finals, but on wind shear, wind shear. Yeah, yeah, all right, wind shear. Be quiet. Um, what I was going to um, uh, what I was going to say was um, obviously uh, there's been another big event actually for big friends of the show, uh, the A320 podcast, and of course they've just celebrated their 100th episode, haven't they?
2: They did. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and and uh, um, if you haven't done so already, then I, can I strongly recommend that you, you give it a listen. Uh, you, you download it, obviously. Just one Google one. it. I'm sure you'll find it. It'll be on uh, iTunes and all that kind of thing. Uh, but special guests were were the legend that were... That that is sorry the the legendary Captain <laughs> Al he joined them didn't he, and uh, he did. a, a very special plane tales I think was uh, also added. Yeah, it was, to the mix from, was good uh, actually. Captain yeah,
2: they, they did a great show for the one hundred. So normally the A three twenty podcast is quite a short show. It's about twenty yeah. minutes long usually, it's but so, right, yeah. um, but they it was uh, about over an hour I think, and uh, yeah, it was really left really good, nev. really interesting. Oh. Anyway, oh. Never never I can, I can see the runway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, this is a good thing. We, we like that. This is yeah. me on the short final, and things are getting a bit difficult now because uh, it's so easy to overcorrect, as you can now see as I'm drifting oh, just nicely. It's the tiniest twitch, isn't it? And it's and just like... Um, but uh, again this is on a completely cal- calm day in the simulator so you imagine what it's like you know wind shear wind oh, oh,
0: shear okay. I mean some of the these
1: of some of these videos <coughs> that we've seen obviously with the weather being the way it is it's just, mm. you know it, you, above. oh here we go it's all getting a bit serious oh, 100
2: above yeah so um, this is the point where the it, it, I found I find it very difficult I indeed to do everything at the same time, you know, flare of the aircraft um, to make sure you touch down on the main gear. But it's just at this point here where it started to drift to the left, and I really couldn't quite get it 15, back onto the center. So it was 30, a considerable 20, amount of rudder input required um, to, uh, <laughs> to try and get it back. Oh. On. But, I mean, you know, um, you're on the top. Well, yeah, any landing where, A, you can walk away from it yeah. or, B, the aircraft is usable again is a win, as far as I'm concerned. Now, Nev, the question has got to be asked. Oh.
0: Obviously, we all got the chance to fly the oh, yes. the, the sim at, uh, for our 200th show, the seven three seven eight hundred 800 sim. And now, obviously, you've flown in the 320 sim. What was easiest? What was the easier aircraft to fly?
2: I um, difficult to say. I think I preferred the A320 um, just be, because um, I don't know with with a. With a, a, a Big yoke and all the rest of it—it did it, 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 it feel a bit sort of cumbersome. But with the side stick control, obviously, bearing in mind if you're on the left or the right hand seat, you're using different hands to do it with. But uh, I, I found uh, the 320 easier. But you've just got to bear in mind that the uh, the sensitivity of the side stick is—you know—can be quite quite a lot.
1: Nev, um, we have a message uh, or a question for you from Tony S. Uh, in the chat room here and he says Neville if you could turn back time would you have been an airline pilot
2: Oh, yeah. I think if I was any good at passing exams, I, I would love <laughs> yeah, to have, have done it. that. But I'm, I just wasn't, really. And uh, uh, I've not been very good since, to be honest with you. And of course, it's all all rather late now, especially under the current uh, commercial and financial circumstances that we all find ourselves in. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would have liked to have done it back in the day, especially when um, you know, airlines would uh, sponsor you to, to actually oh, yeah, do, the, do the, the, the training. But it, All all the airline pilots, or the vast majority of them, are paying an awful lot of money, you know, Mm -hmm. a a mortgage, basically, in order to complete their training. And that's... um, And without often uh, a guaranteed job at the end of it so the financial commitment is absolutely normal
0: actually tony s follows it up nev with the statement that after that landing you will be having a meeting with the chief pilot yes oh, oh, i've would. i think,
2: um, <laughs> um, I've exceeded the g limits uh, of the aircraft so it'll be coffee and no biscuits right
1: <laughs> i mean i mean that's always a bit of a that's always a bit of a show <laughs> shame i mean now, yeah.
2: now the jokes are
1: starting to ping you oh, know this one's come from owing <laughs>
4: Oh yeah, you heard it here first. Well, uh, Nev doesn't like a big joke, uh,
1: indeed. Um, but but he does like a bit on the side. Thanks, Richard. Thanks for that. That's
4: anyway, <laughs> on that, uh, <laughs> moving swiftly <Yeah>. on with <laughs>
1: okay. the show. Yes, and
0: okay. uh, we are obviously going to hand things over to our military expert to introduce the next part of uh, this week's show.
3: Yeah, guys, uh, it's been a while since I've been here for a live military segment. But uh, if you guys are ready, let's uh, talk about a couple. Couple stories here. Yeah, let's go. So, this first story is from the Air Force Times. Uh, After a year. Or a year after renewing its focus on the alarming rate of crashes and other aviation accidents, the Air Force saw a fleet-wide decline in the most serious manned aircraft mishaps in fiscal year 2019, but the number of serious mishaps increased for fighter and attack aircraft. So, the total number of uh, total number and rate of Class A, B, and C mishaps, and we'll explain that later, in manned aircraft declined last year as did the number of fatalities and destroyed aircraft. This number is gonna gonna blow your mind, but there were a total of 667 total mishaps in those three categories last year. Uh, The least since fiscal year uh, 2013, and a 13% decline from the recent high in 2017. But class A through C mishaps sharply increased between uh, fiscal year 2018 and 19 for F-15 Eagles, Strike Eagles, F-16 Fighting Falcons, F-22s, F-35s, and A-10s, according to statistics provided by the Air Force Safety Center. So in a uh, February 21st interview, uh, Major General John Rauch, the Air Force's uh, Chief of Safety and the Commander of the Safety Center, said the overall decline in most serious mishaps, uh, particularly the steep drop in fatalities, is uh, is obviously a good thing, but there's no simple reason why these mishaps declined. Uh, the Air Force still has a lot of work to do, he said. Uh, we'll keep working to try to stop mishaps before they happen. When the numbers go down next year, you're not going to necessarily take a victory lap. If they return more towards normal or even a little bit below normal, you're going to say we need to continue to do those proactive things that we have been doing. Um, so... Uh, After last year, 2018, the renewed attention was focused on the problem of aviation mishaps. Uh, There was a Military Times investigation that found rising numbers of accidents and deaths across the military since the beginning of the sequestration. Budget cuts, which go back to about 2008-2009, it basically forced the military and so many other uh, aspects of government to do more with less. Uh, The Air Force – In the Air Force, the overall mishap rate hit a seven-year high in 2017, fueled by a growing number of non-fatal Class C mishaps, which cost between 50,000 US dollars and 500,000, or led to an injury serious enough to result in lost workdays. The Air Force mishaps rose about 17% between 2013 and 2017. Uh, So lawmakers, here in the U.S. demanded some action. The Air Force Chief of Staff, General uh, Dave Goldfein, in 2018 ordered an operational safety review, which included one-day stand-downs for all flying and maintenance wings. Uh, the review tried to zero in on several potential risks to aviation safety, including a high operations tempo, a lack of available aircraft, inexperienced maintainers, and a culture that pushes airmen to always execute the mission. Um, So this, this article is kind of lengthy. It's a good read because it goes on into some of the, uh, specific mishaps that, that happened in 2018, 2017, that, that really made, made people, made the air force leadership, um, take a step back and say, Hey, what, what are we doing right now? Is it, is it training? Is it maintenance? Is it operations? Um, but, but it seems like all of these things combined, um, led to just a, um, an increase, just a, the more aggressive operations that the air force was doing in the last couple of years. Um, and, and also the, the article goes on to talk a little bit about, uh, that increase in fighter aircraft mishaps and a decrease, a decrease in, uh, bomber tanker transport mishaps. So it's a good read, go over to the air force times and, um, uh, and read about, uh, kind of the process on how the Air Force looks at some of these things.
0: Just a question, Armando. On the on the story, on the article itself, it says that the Ospreys had the highest combined rate of Class A and Class B mishaps in fiscal 2019. Do, is there, do, Could you know, obviously you know the Osprey fairly well. Is, do you think there's a reason behind why it was focused on the Osprey? Um,
3: so the, the Osprey is a, a unique air, airplane in that um, – It's pretty maintenance heavy. So there's a lot of maintenance, uh, delays call it. They're not maintenance issues. There's, there's, uh, you know, just a longer wait time for parts. We, We won't fly them if they're not safe to fly, obviously. But, uh, but the missions that the Osprey, the mission gap that it's filling is a really unique one. It's somewhere between that, uh, you know, that fixed wing, small aircraft, and then a, a rotary lift capability. So I, I think the technic, the tactics, techniques, and procedures that are still being developed and refined in the Osprey, and a lot of times that leads to um, mishaps that aren't necessarily fatal, but uh, but they happen because we just haven't either done that mission set before or – or it's been done a couple times. We've got a limited amount of data on how to execute that mission. Um, so I, I think that the training is is pretty good, but but I think that that sort of new mission set mission gap that the Osprey is trying to fill, combined with some maintenance issues, and and we're still or they're still trying to figure out how to fly it in some. Adverse weather conditions. You know, it does have a terrain-following radar. It does have some some adverse weather conditions, but uh, um, yeah, you know, it, it's just kind of an evolving platform, like like so many other new platforms. It's it, it may have a little bit higher uh, mishap
0: rate than than some of the other aircraft. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, next story actually covers an aircraft that uh, obviously will. Be very, it's actually very similar to the uh, to the Osprey. This one is on military.com uh website headline. These two futuristic aircraft will complete or compete to replace the Army's Black Hawk helicopter. If Matt can get these pictures up on the screen, they are fairly um, fairly groovy pictures. So, U.S. Army uh, aviation officials have selected two firms that will move forward into the next phase of the service's effort to replace. The UH-60 Black Hawk helicopter with the future long-range assault aircraft or FLRAA. Program Executive Officer Aviation recently awarded competitive agreements to Bell Textron Incorporated and Sikorsky Aircraft Corporate as well to continue into the competitive demonstration and risk reduction. Uh, phase of the program under the Army's Future Vertical Lift, or FVL, effort, according to a recent release from the PEO Aviation. Bell Textron's V280 VALA Vala, uh, tilt-rotor helicopter prototype and the Sikorsky's Boeing SB1 coaxial-rotor defiant helicopter prototype were developed under the Army's joint multi-role technology demonstrator effort. These agreements are an important milestone for the FLRAA, Patrick Mason PEO Aviation said in the release. He said they will be conducting analysis uh, and analysts to uh, refine requirements, conceptual designs and acquisition approach. Uh, the CD and RR effort is scheduled to last until 2022, the uh, uh, the year the Army plans to select one of the vendors to eventually produce the FLRAA. The service has set a goal of fiscal 2030 to have the first unit equipped with an aircraft that is capable of flying at speeds of more than 200 knots or 230 miles an hour, and will offer increased range over the current Black Hawk for future aerosol and medical missions. By comparison, the Black Hawks equipped for combat fly at an average of 140 knots. The V280, which completed its first test flight in March 2019, has demonstrated its uh, speed by flying above 300 uh, knots, or 345 miles per hour according to a statement released on Monday evening by Bell Textrom. Sikorsky Boeing officials conducted a February 20th flight demo for Army leaders demonstrating the manoeuvrability of its X2 rotor technology. They said that we're confident to we deliver a a productable, FLRAA aircraft that is survivable, affordable, sustainable, and provides Army aviators strategic day one battlefield advantages, Sikorsky Boeing officials said in the statement this week. The Army's FVL also includes an effort to develop the Future Attack Reconnaissance Aircraft or FARA. Uh, officials are expected to down-select uh, two vendors to build the final prototypes for those this month. Now. I'll tell you, I've got to say, I think I prefer the uh, the V22 to that um, that new V250, Armando.
3: I stopped paying attention to all the acronyms, Carlos. Oh, okay.
1: Hang on, no, you, I'm you, just can't, you can't uh, do that. You picked a story. This segment is like when Carlos nods off mid-show. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> you know, or he starts no, doing his I, I online think, shopping, yeah. you know.
3: Yeah, right, when he starts booking flights to exotic destinations. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know, this is uh, – we. so we've done stories on both of these aircraft, and the what's what's new and unique about this story is that it's official now. So the Army has said, hey, these are the two choices to replace the Black Hawk, uh, and it will be one of these two. Now, usually – so like we saw in the Air Force's competition for a light attack aircraft, the Tucano – and the AT-6 are mm. pretty similar airframes. The V-280 and the uh, SB-1, the Defiant, are f- very different airframes. So um, the coaxial design that goes back to the earliest days of aviation. Yeah. If if you look at some of the early videos of of uh, helicopter development, they were trying to figure out how to get uh, how to take care of the torque uh, or negate the torque that is produced by a spinning a spinning wing or a rotor, um, so that coaxial design is is actually you know a hundred years old now, while the tilt rotor design in the v280 is a little bit more unique than the the uh, osprey in that only the propeller hub rotates up the the engine remains stationary. that is not the case in the osprey in the osprey the the entire engine nacelle rotates. Um, so it is, uh, it's going to be interesting over the next couple of years to see which way they go. There's going to be, I, I bet you, number one is safety. Number two is maintenance costs. That's what's going to determine who wins this competition. Um, so uh, in the chat room, Tony asks, asks do the, does the Army operate the V-22? And currently, no. Uh, it, is, it is only the Air Force and the Marine Corps with the Marine Corps having the, the majority of the aircraft.
0: So now next story um, featuring a rather interesting helicopter, one of those um, things that we all love, helicopters. We know what some fans of helicopters who watch the show is, uh, is all for you.
2: Yeah, thanks, Carlos. It's on the Poplarmechanics.com website. Uh, it says on the 2nd of January 2020, the state of New South Wales declared a state of emergency as Australia's bushfires continued their deadly rampage. The next day, the Australian state former fire commissioner urged the prime minister to call in backup. The country needed more firebombers from North America and Europe. It seems a long time ago, isn't it, this this story? Because events have overtaken all these things, it it would Mm. seem. But um, nonetheless, one machine uh, already hard at work was the S-64E air crane operated by Oregon-based Ericsson. Uh, Six of its huge helicopters had already been dousing the fires that put Australians and the continent's indigenous wildlife at risk. Flying against the fires in Australia, we've put more hours on the S-64s per week than we've seen in quite some time, says uh, Jeff Baxter, who's the Director of Research and Development at Ericsson. Uh, With the help of these six air cranes, C-130s, 737 large air tankers and some much needed rain, uh, Australia officially declared on February 28th that all fires had been extinguished in New South Wales after 240 days of fighting. But from the ashes came a harsh reality. As wildfires grow in frequency and intensity, air crews face increasing danger. A fact sadly confirmed when a C-130 crashed in New South Wales, killing three U.S. firefighters in late January. That's why Ericsson is transforming its water-bombing helicopter into a robotic firefighter in an effort to fight fires both day and night and save the lives of future firefighting pilots. Uh, Long before the air crane was battling Australian bushfires, Sikorsky designed and manufactured the helicopter, then called the Sky Crane, which quickly found service in Vietnam by another name, the CH-54 Thái. Uh, During the war, the helicopter became best known for its dragonfly-like appearance and its ability to lift entire tanks and even two UH UH-1 Huey helicopters at once. After retiring from service, the helicopter went on to perform heavy lift missions in the military for another 20 years. And in 1992, uh, Ericsson bought the S-64 manufacturing rights and renamed uh, the helicopter the Air Crane. Uh, but its second career would prove even more vital. In the 58 years since the Sky Crane's first flight, fire seasons have lengthened across a quarter of Earth's vegetated surface, giving rise to about a 20% increase in the global length of the fire weather season. Only 50 uh, S-64 uh, helicopters remained operational worldwide. Sikorsky, in fact, only built 100. Five during the war, but wildfires continued flaring up with worrying regularity. When you fly over and put 2,000 gallons of water on fire, it's going to go out, says Baxter. And that kind of firefighting capability means that the air crane is in incredibly high demand around the world. In fact, Ericsson's CEO uh, Doug Kitani told a crowd at the Helicopter Expo show in January that there are not enough aircraft to go around. So, to meet this uptick in demand, uh, Ericsson is looking to to robots to become more efficient at firefightings. Sorry, fire fighting fires, day or night. After all, fires don't sleep. However, one big problem is that the nighttime water bombing is a very dangerous thing to do on a forest fire. He says, "You unusually, sorry, usually, uh, firefighting pilots have to fly with night vision goggles, which often degrades depth perception, and air crews also need additional help from a dedicated guide helicopter." Whilst these night missions are technically possible, Ericsson doesn't want to take the risk and that's where the Matrix comes in. Developed by Sikorsky, Matrix is an autonomous technology designed to take control of helicopters with no pilots required. Whilst uh, Matrix's development began more than a decade ago, it wasn't until 2013 that a Sikorsky S-76 commercial helicopter flew with an early version of the system. Uh, during the test flight, the helicopter flew at full speed, avoiding obstacles, and even selected landing zones without pilot input. Fast forward to May 2019, and Sikorsky adopted a more advanced version of Matrix to a UH-60A Blackhawk, the Army's workhorse tactical helicopter. Earlier this year, Sikorsky and Ericsson agreed to bake the tech the tech into a new version of the air crane, which was the S-64F+. Plus. Um, the article is quite long, but I'm sure we're going to put this on our uh, in the show notes uh, so you can have a look at the whole thing, but it's a, a really interesting use of technology here, how um, you know they've decided that they actually need to take the, the pilots out of the equation in some of these situations, because uh, it's just too dangerous for them. Do you
0: know what? Helicopters baffle us at the best of times, but haven't you, got, you must agree now that this is one of the- the most bizarre looking helicopters i think mm. that exists isn't it
2: yeah it is.
0: um yeah. yeah and
3: this helicopter the the sky crane um can lift up to this new upgraded version 23000 pounds of payload wow um so that's a that's a lot of water and when we you know obviously we lost the the colson crew out there in australia and uh that was an all hands on deck type effort where uh, there was over a hundred airplanes that deployed to Australia to fight those fires and you know there's always some goodness that comes out of out of some of these things and the technology that is that is being played you know uh, developed so Matt is currently playing out this video of what it looks like this is from a C-130 and I believe this is a, a an H model C-130 um, of what the conditions are like inside of those fires inside of the clouds. Uh, it's just a big red glaze, and often these pilots are flying on night vision goggles in order to um, see through a little bit of, of the uh, haze. Um, so it, it's incredibly, probably probably some of the most challenging flying that you can do. Uh, is is fighting fires and and to have an unmanned capability with an aircraft that can lift twenty three thousand pounds of fire retardant or water is uh is just a significant leap mm. forward in firefighting
2: capability
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so amando the last story uh, we like to always think that we are fairly green on this show we like to recycle I know that we always fill our blue bin up every week with plenty of recycling uh recycling but the next story uh, amando I think is uh, kind of uh, puts a whole new ring to recycling within the aviation industry.
3: That's yeah, a bizarre-looking airplane, but a- apparently America's new newest X-Plane, uh, which is a jet designed to fly quietly at supersonic speeds, will feature some familiar parts uh, once it does take to the sky. The X-59 Quiet Supersonic Transport, or the QSST, uh, is being built by NASA. It's re- featuring recycled parts from retired U.S. Air Force airplanes, including the F-16 Fighting Falcon. The QSST is part of an effort to develop commercial airliners of of flying supersonic speeds without causing headaches for people living on the ground. Uh, This effort is called the Low Boom Flight Demonstrator Project. Uh, It is being run by NASA to create a plane capable of supersonic flight without rattling windows. Um, In the late 1960s, the United States, the Soviet Union, the European Union, uh, or Europe, uh, embarked on efforts to build these supersonic commercial transports, as we thought, saw from the John Hutchinson interviews. Um, but, uh, the reason why these supersonic aircraft didn't, didn't take on is, is because of the noise. So the Concorde Concord, uh, generated, uh, 105 perceived decibels on the ground when it was traveling at speeds above Mach one. Um, So the SST would have been uh, noisy throughout its flight routes. Uh, The FAA banned commercial supersonic flight over land in 1972, uh, effectively killing off American commercial supersonic industry, limiting the Concorde flights to major East Coast airports and over to Europe. Um, So the low boom flight demonstrator project hopes to revive this commercial supersonic uh, ability by reducing the jet boom or sorry, the sonic boom, Um, according to Lockheed Martin, it should fly at 55,000 feet at a speed of about 940 miles per hour and create a sound about as loud as a car door closing or 75 perceived decibels instead of a sonic boom. Um, So like, uh, like all military articles, this one gets a little bit techie. It goes on. Um, go over to popularmechanics.com and check it out. But uh, we've done a couple of stories on the future of aviation, and this may be right here.
0: Someone doing the washing somewhere.
2: Hmm. Some interesting uh, sounds going on from the studio.
3: That's... uh that's the best response I've gotten to a military story in a while. It's just a, just the washing machine in the background.
1: <laughs> um, I, I should just I should uh, I can only apologise. Sorry, I've uh, I've had the touch screen touch screen go tech here in the studio, so I was just trying to sort uh, that out. But I think it's uh, sorted now. Is the noise disappeared now? Yes. Yeah,
0: you've finished uh, tumble drying and clothes. I yes,
1: think. Uh, the listeners couldn't hear it because I'd shut the fader, so if nobody had said anything, then it would have been fine. But uh, oh. <laughs> there we are, never mind. All part <laughs> of the fun. It <clears> is.
0: <throat> so moving on to, uh, to the next part of the show, and uh, it's been absent for a while, but I'm very, very happy to say that uh, it's back this week, so I hand things over to Nev to introduce the next part of the show.
2: Is and uh, it's a Nev's passenger experience, but um, it's A different one. So we've got no intro music for this. Uh, This is my flight from Heathrow to Newcastle and back on Wednesday of this week. Now, uh, this is normally a very busy time during the week. This is the, um, I'm just showing you here the the Heathrow pod parking at Terminal 5, which is looking extremely empty. Okay, it was quite early on Wednesday morning, uh, but it was very empty indeed. Oh, there's the
1: banana.
4: Hello. Yes. You
2: are going to Terminal 5. Please board your pod. Oh what, my 5. god, that's amazing. So, we like the podium. Uh, I remember this very well. It, it, it's the highlight of the trip, really, as far as I'm concerned. And ha- uh, I uh, I took Liz on that as well, actually, when she came over. So, we went for a ride on it and went back to the terminal, as you do. Um, but it's, it's a driverless thing. You can get about uh, five people in there, I think, um, and uh, yeah, it works works really well. So, so is, it, is it wind shear?
1: Is it on rails or is it like a, like like no, these it's Google on, cars where it's sort it, of like... it
2: It's yeah, it detects the uh, sides of the um, the running area basically. So um, wow, but yeah, it's, it takes about let's say about five minutes to go to the terminal. Uh, normally there'd be a queue of people for that, uh, but there's no one there at all and uh, equally uh, as it parks up in a minute uh, and you get out of it um, there's normally i don't know at least you know six or seven people outside uh, waiting to go into this um but as you can see from this there is nobody at all and it's about um i don't know six thirty in the morning something like that so we go up to the uh, the fifth floor Someone had a very noisy trolley next to me and I was a bit, <laughs> bit cross about that. I, I was about to say something to them, say, come on, you know, I'm did, trying to do something. Did they not you know, did they me, not know who you were, Nev? Very I mean go on. Very <laughs> no, not, I, okay.
0: I can I can remember this walk with but, you uh, last term, year, Nev.
2: Look at the terminal. There is nobody. Hardly anybody in there at all. Uh, and this would not this would say first thing on a Wednesday I mean, morning we'd be absolutely chock the block.
1: Terminal five at London Heathrow. So this isn't a mm. regional airport. This is yeah. London Heathrow
2: I know yes uh, so now we're coming downstairs uh, where they have the A gates and that's where all the you know duty-free shopping bit is and uh, all Thornton all and Mason you know you probably don't get that at Norwich airport <laughs> no no but, no um, you don't, you don't forget the
0: turbo rounds uh, no. oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yes.
2: um, but as you can see once again so I've gone through security which took all of two and a half minutes obviously yeah. Um, nothing doing at all here whatsoever. Really, really surprising. Uh-huh. Um, and I thought, well, it's got to get busier, isn't it? So yeah. as, you,
1: uh, as you get towards you know, departure lounge and things,
2: fast like that, forward yeah. a little bit uh, in a second, and we'll uh, yeah. we'll be going up. To uh, the, actually, the, in
1: the chat room, Auntie Liz is. I don't know what this says about her visit to London, but apparently, uh, the trip to the, the trip to pod parking was the highlight of her trip. Apparently, yeah, yeah. she's <laughs> pleased please though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair enough. Yeah.
2: Uh, okay. yeah. Um, so we're coming up now into the lounge area, and we're just coming up to a, a piece of art on the left-hand side. Oh,
0: I remember this very well. Be familiar with.
2: Uh, I still don't understand what it's supposed to be. There's, a horse, a, there. there's a horse with it. There's a horse with a lamp on its head. What, what it's irregular. <laughs> Not importantly, though, there's an A380. So that's that's right. more interesting. Perfectly so normal. Oh, hello. This is hello. the a lounge, the South Lounge. This is. Packed normally.
0: Oh wow! Now, so, when we were in there last year, that was absolutely rammed. Oh yes,
2: but nothing doing there. These are the uh, the FIDs, as they called the flight information displays. Um, I don't mind portrait there because that's you know that's well no that's that's,
1: that's all about useful data. Isn't look it, at, at the all the red, day.
2: yeah, the red are all the lights um, that are going out just from T five let alone the rest of the airport. So <clears> that's <throat> quite a quite a big deal, isn't it, really?
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so, uh, yeah, not good at all. Oh, hello. Is, oh, no. Bacon rolls and coffee. What a great start to the morning. Yeah. But mm. I could have eaten more than that if I wanted to because there was nobody else to stop Well, me. no, quite. Oh, hello. Anyway, We're on board. So eventually, we got out onto the runway. This is 2-7 uh, left, just lining up in our uh, A320. But, of course... <laughs> we had to have to wait for anybody because there was there was no delay and no leaving delights, the no flights, no. Um, We were down at the other end of the air, at the airfield where the T five gates are. Um, <laughs> um, Sorry. Um, Sorry, sorry
1: to interrupt, Nev. Going, going back to uh, our thing, uh, to what we were talking about earlier. The main, the main man that is Mike. He says everyone knows what that is. It's a horse that's had too much to drink at a party and has put a lampshade on its head. I think it's a weird, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think it's a fair
2: analogy. Yeah, absolutely. That, that can happen, can't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so here we are. We're, we're off. Um, and um, I think. And so it, which which runway was this? 2-7 uh, left, yep. so at the time that I left, they were still using <clears throat> both runways, um, this one for departures and 2-7 right for landing, but today I noticed watching uh, some aviation stuff online that they were only using one zero nine 9 right for takeoffs and landing, so they're already down wow. to one runway, and look how quiet it is on the airfield, lots of parked yeah. up uh, aircraft facing the wrong direction, you know, wow. they're not about to take any passengers on board
1: now I mean, um, you think what time of day that was when you as you say that i mean yeah. this
2: really would be peak time wouldn't it for oh, in the morning so yeah. it'd be really really busy uh lovely stained reservoir as we go over it um <laughs> All but, bit cloud. Uh, so um again we fast forward a little bit and we're now on the approach uh to newcastle airport crossing over the river tyne Sure
1: so, so how long was the um, fog on the tide In fact, um, what, how long was the uh, flight? Just oh, it's only fun? a
2: forty-five minute flight. Right, um, okay. You know, it's not not long distance or long long time on the aircraft at all. Mm. Um, but um, uh, again, just occasionally you you might uh, do a one circuit of holding, possibly going into Newcastle again if it's a really busy time. But of course, you haven't got fly B anymore, so no. you know. That's just the A1 that we're going across, I think. And look how quiet that is. is Again, that's the you know major arterial road. So roughly, what time was this?
1: Um oh, that you were is, coming into uh, this Newcastle. This just before
2: eight thirty. Uh, so I mean,
1: right. as you say, the A one should have been absolutely rammed, like it is you normally. Would have I mean, it, that, it? it's funny old times, isn't it? Yeah,
2: exactly. So, uh, um, but uh, yeah, so uh, really, really, really quiet. Um, on my flight, there was about seventy percent full, I suppose, and the reason for that was because they had cancelled three flights. They normally fly three flights, uh, sorry, five flights a day from Heathrow to Newcastle, uh, but they were just down to two. Uh, and they couldn't even fill those. Wow. Um, so yeah, quite, 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 quite surprising in 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 many respects. Um, but um, yeah, uh, and and the trouble is, you know, all the crew they've all had their roster messed up. They they don't know where they're going to be because you know the changes in in uh, flight schedules, change of aircraft. I mean, BA are parking a lot of aircraft this weekend. Yeah. Uh, down at Bournemouth, I think it is, and and Cardiff possibly as well. Um, so uh, yeah, not uh, not very clever at all. Right. Um, just wondering how long we're going to be in this situation where mm. um, you know we we're just not filling the flights at all. So um, um, but so let's let's have a listen to the announcement of the wonderful BA cabin crew. So Gentlemen, welcome to
4: Newcastle. The time is half past eight. Please remain seated with your seatbelt fastened until the passenger bus signs have been switched off. When it's safe for you to leave your seats take care when opening up the overhead lockers, as items may have moved around and could fall out and cause injury. Before leaving the aircraft, please make sure you have all your personal belongings with you, and remember that smoking is not allowed until your have to those the area. You may now make and receive calls as well as use all data services on your handheld electronic devices. additional assistance to leave the aircraft then please remain seated until the aisle around you so we can assist you further. All of us at British Airways and the one Alliance like to welcome him our customers who live here in Newcastle and wish those of you visiting an enjoyable stay. If you were travelling on further we wish you a safe on the journey. On behalf of my team in the cabin this morning it's been a real pleasure to look after you and we hope to welcome you back again very soon. Thank you and good morning to you
1: all. So I mean the, the most important question I have uh, obviously, well, is do you get did
2: you get any snacks or anything during a fl- oh, during I the did, flight? I didn't bother actually, no. But look at this. This is the main check-in desks at Newcastle That's just crazy. after I'd arrived. Um, so, I arrived.
1: So, so which airlines uh, fly out of Newcastle normally? I mean, what?
2: Oh, uh, Logan Air, um, Jet Two, Ryanair, obviously. This oh, wow, is the okay. Ryanair check-in area, as you can see. Uh, not exactly overpopulated, um, and uh, yeah, r- really, really surprising. Um, and then of course so I had to come back so I thought well it's bound to be busier no <laughs> this is the BA lounge at Newcastle so this is
1: Newcastle now this now, now this is where you were when you and Carlos had uh, your little chat wasn't yes, it yes yeah. yes yeah, yeah you got told off didn't you in there?
2: yes <laughs> yeah. well, ironically because yeah, you were making you too
1: were, much noise in a very very dense I'm
2: going There's nobody else in the blasted uh, <laughs> yeah. lounge
1: anyway, yeah, go, go, go. go away oh uh, uh, Neil now, Braden says you, apparently Emirates uh, fly out of Newcastle yes, look as well yes
2: this person on the flight what I mean Now you
1: you you sent me this picture. I thought it was Nev being Nev, having found
2: an online photo. No, that was real. Um, What uh, action on a BA flight? I mean, whatever next? Um, So, uh, I mean, I'm sorry
1: if you're that nervous about flying. I'm I'm really sorry, but you shouldn't (laughs) be on the damn flight. Do you know what I mean? That I uh-huh. mean, seriously. I mean, let let's spin this to like cabin crew for for a moment. I mean, if you see something like that, you are cabin crew, right? And you see somebody sat there in a hazmat suit because they're over. Well, I don't know. Maybe they're overreacting. Maybe they're not. I don't know. Perhaps he'll outlive us all. I don't know. But I mean, that can't feel great for cabin no, crew I mean, passengers I- around you yeah
2: i actually um uh spoke to the cabin crew uh, as i left the aircraft when we arrived at heathrow and i said to them i said oh, i'm sorry i obviously didn't get the uh, email about the fact it was fancy dress <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: love it yeah. Um, yeah okay yeah
2: and um but they said that two separate um people said to me uh, that they uh, the cabin crew said they felt extremely intimidated and uncomfortable by yeah, seeing I can um, and I, I'm absolutely with them as well. Uh, mm. Absolutely extraordinary scenes, really. Um, but um, and then, um, you know, just, th- the plane was very, very quiet. I mean, yeah. again, yeah. it was probably half full on the way back, something like that. But uh, again, people were very, very, um, I don't know uh not nervous, but they were just extremely quiet,, you Weary. Know, the, yeah, the, the wary, I think I would say yes yeah,
1: yeah, but I mean, um, I mean a lot of this thing is about this whole sort of social distancing, and bearing in mind, it was a very quiet flight, so there was no reason why people couldn't give themselves a a healthy distance between them and somebody around them. Do you know what I mean, I mean, the mm. need for a hazmat suit is absolutely not. Uh, you know, a thing, is it? I mean, I, I could almost understand it if you were literally packed in like sardines in these heightened times, but I mean honestly, it's just crazy,
2: yeah. isn't it? Well it gets worse of course because um with the the slight disruption that Heathrow in terms of uh because they parked so many aircraft that the the regular um domestic stand wasn't available. So right. Coming into land on 27 left, which is the runway we took off on as well, um, and then uh, we ended up on a remote stand, um, which does happen sometimes at uh, T5, and they've got to then bust you back to the main, you know, main terminal, so that you get into the right part of the airport and, and that sort of stuff. Um, and there's a picture uh, coming up after we land of someone on the uh, bus. Uh, coming uh, from the um, T, uh, the T five remote stand back onto the uh, the domestic area, and again speaking to some people on the bus, there was a lady from South Africa that I was speaking to. I mean, she looked very, very shocked indeed by the whole thing. Really, um, it was. I can honestly say. I, I mean, I won't say it's the worst flight I've ever had because that no. it's not quite right. But but the worst flight for for all the unusual reasons, you know. Yeah, um, I can imagine. So, yeah, I mean, was, I mean, how, how did it make you feel, Nev? I mean, sort of being surrounded by essentially well, I, a muppet. You know, as you know, I, I like a bit of a laugh. Um, yeah, absolutely. 100%. And so, obviously, I, I started to see it as a bit of a comedy moment to, to begin with. Yeah. Um, but when you realise that these people are serious, you know, I'm, tr- I'm yeah. trying to not, not be too disingenuous No, 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 here, I
1: know what you mean. I mean, I, I understand why people are concerned. And then,
2: There's the picture of said person. on What? The, on the, you know, so just so describe
1: this, she's basically wrapped herself up in what I can only describe as clear ponchos. She's got a, a face mask on. She's got plastic over her baseball cap. I mean, if you're that nervous about flying, I'm sorry. You know, stay at home.
2: Yeah. It, extraordinary, really, wasn't it? Yeah. So anyway, uh, that was that. Pod was time. That. So we're now back onto the pod on my own, luckily. I wasn't going to share it with anybody else. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> good man. <now. laughs> so this the, is about... Uh, social what, distancing. About, yeah. Quite, quite, yeah. It's about <laughs> six o'clock in the evening now. Um, Again, this would normally be a really, really busy time uh, at at the T5 pod parking. Um, uh, And once again, you can see very little uh, in in terms of cars in the car park, have,
1: have uh, you ever parked so close to the pod before? Well, I always, that, <laughs> that that is well, Nev's parking space. I, and did, I remember oh, that yeah, from yeah. from <laughs> last year.
2: I always like to put it on pole position if Quite, I can. Absolutely, um, yeah. And, and people should know by now that yeah. that's where I parked. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was a real eye opener. That has never happened before. No. Um, and, and I think um, well, goodness only knows what it's like now. Uh, it must no, be even worse.
1: Indeed. I, I mean, so uh, you know, uh, in many ways, a, a challenge flight but uh, i mean uh, of course now uh, travel obviously has been sort of uh, suspended i guess uh, from a company point of view for the time being i I assume
2: oh yeah i mean we're we're, we've down tools in terms of traveling so we're not uh, permitted to travel uh, on business for the company um, on public transport of of any sort you know trains or planes you can probably drive if you want to but you're not really allowed to have interaction with people at the other end so uh, again the the world of skype zoom teams yeah. other video platforms has been the, the yeah. uh, a meeting of choice well uh,
1: I, I, in fact actually the the legend that is the main man micah uh, he says many people are afraid that they're breathing recycled air when in an aircraft they don't understand that it's actually fresh air that's being brought in all the time and yeah. very well filtered so ironically probably the best kind of air that you could be uh, breathing as well now armando you you've added a a comment there in the 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 chat room what what's that all about
3: yeah, well, while that was playing out, you know, we we were commenting because those terminals are so empty and the seats, you know, the, the seats are empty, the airplanes are empty, the lounges are empty. The question came up in the chat room. What What do we anticipate is going to happen after this uh, coronavirus crisis? No, hang on. Um,
1: Everyone grab a drink. Sorry, quick.
3: Yep. I've got a drink. Cheers. Got my uh, <laughs> Um, Azure, so, yes, sorry. The, uh, <laughs> you know, obviously the short answer is we don't know, but uh, it could go, you know, I, I've seen a couple of articles online that it, that we didn't re- really want to publish this week or talk about this week because we just don't know. But um, some people are speculating, some industry experts are speculating that, that uh, ticket fares may uh, skyrocket after this. Mm. Um, other... Other people are speculating that, uh, that they fares may stay low, that it's going to require some confidence building to get people back into the seats, which is where, uh, Micah's comment was, was addressing, you know, people just aren't, uh, they could be better educated about the quality of the air inside the airplanes. Um, but regardless of, of what you think the industry will look different, we've already lost a couple air airlines after this, um, uh, crisis started you know there's uh planes hundreds if not thousands of airplanes that are parked there's uh thousands of pilots that if not already they will be out of work uh fairly soon you know the 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 longer this crisis goes on that will all affect the industry and uh it, it is purely my opinion that that uh you know, the, 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 it's just going to look different after we come out of this and where, whether that be two weeks from now or two months from now or six months from now, um, aviation in general is, is going to look a little bit different. Mm-hmm. like, every, like every other time it's taken a hit, it'll probably bounce back. You know, our, our, our most recent, well, I guess, you know, we, we took that hit, um, after 9-11, the industry landscape changed after that, then the, um, financial crisis of 2008 really affected the industry, and then this one. Um, but every time, it's always bounced back, and and
2: uh, just and one I, thing I, I would say as well is that, of course, the recovery times for these big moments—you know—we'll talk about, you know, think about 9/11 the financial crisis of uh, 2006, 2007, the foot and mouth disease and all the Mm -hmm. rest of it. These things don't come back quickly. And I was just thinking about a conversation I was having with one of my uh, business colleagues today. If you think about the financial crash of... 2006 2007 uh it really took into, until 2010 yeah at least to come back to the same level that it was when we left it yeah so these recovery periods are, are quite long they're, they're not 12 months no. uh they are up to four years or maybe longer i'm just really worried about the recovery time of of this situation because we just don't know what we're dealing with really i don't think
1: yeah, I, I actually. Uh, well, if if I may, um, I'm going to uh, uh, just pick a few comments that are in the chat room here. Stephen Howland makes an interesting point here, is saying, in his defence, now this is referring to uh, the uh, the gentleman who was in his hazmat suit. Perhaps uh, he had underlying health health issues, uh, which I guess is a concern. But then, if he has got underlying underlying health issues, then perhaps he should have been self isolating. I guess so. there shouldn't be on the plane, frankly. Well, yeah, there are there are sort of th- things. Yeah things that go along with that uh, the main man Mike he says I truly believe that the business travel is going to fade because businesses will find out most things that can now be done remotely and of course that's one of the really interesting things about the, this development of course you know the last time that we had sort of not something quite to this obviously we've never had anything quite to this I- I- extreme but you, you, you think um, when we've had shutdowns and stuff before because there wasn't the infrastructure like there is now for being able to host meetings via zoom via Skype via FaceTime. I mean, you know, the technology has really changed on. And of course, our, our ability to connect with the outside world now has really really moved on i mean you think the kind of broadband speeds and stuff that we can get nowadays that weren't available uh, if you go back to say like 2007 you know like you were saying yeah. i mean the you know you had isdn lines and things if you were a big business but of course you didn't quite have the the quality that you do now i mean obviously i mean you know never you work in an industry um you know where where you're supplying these solutions if you like to to customers you know
2: yeah i think the um the I think a lot of companies, I mean, there's no doubt about it, under normal circumstances, uh, if business is good and everybody's doing well, face-to-face meetings are really valuable and they work really well. Now, um, some companies, uh, maybe my one could be one of them yeah. in 12 months' time, I might say, well, uh, actually, this... Um, experiment has been so successful (laughs) uh, we're now going to restrict you um, about how much you can travel Um, and you know i've not got a real problem with that argument but i think it may well this one event as big as it is may well yeah. change change the industry the way we've been travelling uh, yeah
1: very much so I mean Tony S is saying here uh, that there's also the environmental aspect I agree business travel will take a long term hit I mean that it, it, it could be that I mean uh, Greta will be thrilled won't she I mean it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, done wonders for our our carbon footprint Richard Adams always the voice of reason here is suggesting that perhaps we should switch uh, to yachts perhaps it should be plain sailing UK from now on which I think is a a good point. Perhaps we're running out of aviation content fast, it has to be said. Um, uh, Nick Codling, uh, welcome to the chat room. I know that uh, Nick emailed us during the week and sort of finding out how how he could sort of get involved uh, in our chat room. And uh, yeah, so Nick was saying, I feel like there's a lot of perceived prestige uh, with business travel and businesses like to face to face which i agree with actually sometimes it, it you can get so much more done you get a much better feel for the company if you're dealing with someone face to face uh because it shows commitment uh, i think it'll drop initially but recover after about 18 months um I, I think that's i think that's how i feel about it if i'm if i'm honest mm. with you
3: well and, and you know that's a unique aspect to 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 um i'm going to try to find some articles over the next couple of weeks but mm. um Strangely enough, Pip, Al, and I were talking on a private chat um, about business aviation. Yeah. Obviously, uh, Pip and I are both in sort of that corporate business aviation world, and um, by and large, our numbers have stayed the same. Uh, right. The you know the the business still has to happen, and as Nev was saying, some there's sometimes there's there's no replacement for a face to face meeting or a, or. Or something like that. So uh, a lot of companies are turning to um, corporate and business aviation to continue their travel as the airlines cut back. Mm. Um, so an unexpected positive from this may be that uh, business aviation gets a, a bit of a, a, a bump uh, because of, of uh, companies realizing, well, we can get there quicker. Uh, we can get there direct. We don't have any connections to make, and we don't and we don't have to go through the masses. Um, so, um, I, I think, you know, especially Pip, like I'd like I'd love to talk to him over the next couple of weeks over, you know, about, about how his company is doing and yeah. are they seeing a rise in, in, in sort of private, business or, yeah, yeah, private
1: airflow. Um, interestingly, the Airstig was saying that actually OZ only made it back uh, to 2008 levels in February 2020, literally for a week before all this, this kicked in. But anyway, look, we could, we could go on and on about this, um, but I think we probably shouldn't. We've gone massively over our time slot. Uh, there's been a lot That's to good. talk about. Uh, uh, for a change now, uh, so a cu- couple of uh, house, uh, a couple of bits of business uh, to talk about, and uh, uh, Carlos, I think your plan is to uh, we're going to try and continue our little series of to oh, all steady. Hello, Carlos, Sorry. locked his microphone over there. Um, uh, continue the little series where t- talking uh, like behind the scenes, if you like, so talking to yeah. the host on a little Q and A on Facebook. Um,
0: I think I think it's just it's as good with the way things are in the world at the moment, you know, everyone's either stuck in at home or they're home one or two days a week stuck in. And it'd be nice for us to go have a live chat on Facebook just for 10, 15, 20 minutes Mm -hmm. uh, on a day and just have a one-on-one with us and all you guys out there in the world of uh, Facebook as, as a listener. And you can ask,
1: well, pretty much whatever you like
0: really yeah um,
1: absolutely because we might not answer the question but you could certainly ask it now i think uh, next up actually is uh, armando you're uh you're taking the the, the charge next or, or on wednesday i think you are aren't you yeah that's right
3: uh, wednesday the 25th of march uh we'll, we'll call it at uh utc uh, i try to pick a time so that's 4 p.m yeah. eastern u.s uh 7 a.m sydney time um, for our Aussies down there. So I, I just think it'll be a good chance for us to get to know each other. Um, you know, we're talking about social distancing. Mm. So we'll talk, you know, we'll try to get to know each other. I, I, I've i always said that the reason I do this is because of the listeners and I, I enjoy meeting listeners and getting to know them. Um, and this is a good chance to uh, get to know each one of us and our backgrounds, why we're doing this or or not. We could just talk about you know potato salad if you want to. But, yeah, um... yeah,
1: yeah. We like food. Food, is, <laughs> food is the answer. Yeah. Uh, we're also toying with the idea. Um, and uh, if you're listening to this, obviously as a podcast, do please email us podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. That's podcast at plain com. We're talking about doing a mass. Like online meet up with uh, everyone to not you know to talk about aviation or as um, Armando says, like dinner, uh, if you wish, uh, just to try and sort of because there are a lot of people uh, perhaps like me, who are you know feeling a little bit you know not in a good place, shall we say, um, off the back of what 's happening, and so it gives you an opportunity to sort of like hang out with us, perhaps, uh, so we 're sort of toy with the idea of basically us all getting together one day next week oh, um, yeah. maybe to just have a big chat uh, and then i'll connect as many listeners as i possibly can together so we can all talk to each other or hang out as i say because our studio is awesome we've got so many facilities here and we want to try and use it for the greater good so we'd, we'd and love let's to not try forget good.
0: let's not forget that all this technology in the studio is uh, has been very kindly supported by by our the our Patreon so. people. Absolutely,
1: yeah. so it's a prime opportunity for our wonderful community to perhaps sort of to sort of join us all and just have a bit of a one-on-one chat uh, as well. So uh, yeah, so Armando is going to be doing a little bit of a Facebook live on Wednesday. I mean, we were sort of talking about. I mean, I don't know. Is there, is there anything I can do really? I mean, I don't think anybody would be interested in finding out how I put the show together. If anyone's got any
0: questions <laughs> at all about cheeses. Or Ooh, yes. particular brands of cheese. Mm, Matt blank. is the I aficionado yeah, of cheese.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, or how to do a yeah. a first trip of the day walk round. Uh, in a van who coach
1: <laughs> in a van hall coach yeah. Yeah, then yeah. you know yeah. where not,
2: come. not van tool then
1: like yeah.
2: uh, no I, I still think <laughs> not. it does say van tool
1: <laughs> yeah quite absolutely I mean I was thinking about sort of trying to make it more relevant to uh, essentially you know the podcast so I mean if anybody's up for a guided tour around the studio and how it all works and stuff I, I'm up for for doing that if anybody wants uh, also as I say genuinely podcast at playtalkinguk.com if you'd like to participate and get involved in a little bit of a massive online meetup we can't go and do a public meetup obviously because of how the things are at the moment but if if you're all up for a a, a big online meetup uh then email the show podcast at plain talking uk.com that's podcast at plain talking uk.com uh depending on how many people uh reply we'll decide what technology we do but if, we, if you've registered your interest we can then contact you directly and we'll organize a bit of a coffee morning shall we say we all sit down and have a have a coffee mm. together and just uh, chill you know chew the fat how does that sound should, should we do that yeah. sounds like a damn good plan yeah excellent anyway we're massively over our time so carlos uh please do the socials and yes it's time to wrap up
0: <laughs> so don't forget you can comment Tagged the show via all the social media platforms uh, including our email address podcast at plain talking don't forget as well you can send us your audio pictures and video feedback to our whatsapp number plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six that's plus four four seven five seven two two Four nine one six six. Send us your pictures, audio messages, and videos through that number, and we can play them out on the show and make you a part of our live show. Absolutely. And don't forget to take yourself over to our website www.plaintalkinguk.com, and you can click on the tabs on there. Find out more about us, and also you can click on the store where you can grab yourself a PTUK t-shirt, and also you can become a Patreon of the show and uh, donate to the show and help to push us the way we go each week and not forgetting as well a big thanks to everyone who downloads the show each week via itunes and all the other platforms as an audio podcast thanks to all you guys and girls as
1: well can i just say sort of special mention also we're seeing a huge rise in our um our youtube likes uh, and sub- sub- subscriptions so uh, uh, from all of us thank you so very much because by subscribing you do get a push notification uh, every time the show goes live uh, plus any content that we will upload um, as you say it's just it's 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 brilliant we're so pleased that, that the, the the interest is, is really picking up so uh, guys thank you so very much it, it, it's nice to know that we know we, we've got lots of people to to be sharing what we're doing with it, it it's brilliant it's 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 a really good feeling in these otherwise horrible times so a quick round robin then Armando
0: what's on the plans for next week
1: uh well I actually have a
3: work trip so what Sunday what <laughs> yeah yeah I've been off for a week I have a four uh That's three one day of those trip conferences no 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 I'll, I'll be fine <laughs> um so I have a three day trip or really two and a half day trip and then I'll be back home for almost another week uh but that being that being said uh I, I know it's a, a a bit of a tumultuous time in, in aviation, in the transport, hospitality industries, and so many other industries. So, um, you know, th- this is really going to be uh, affecting the, the landscape of, of everything out there right now. So positive thoughts, you know, good karma to everyone out there, everyone that's, uh, um, you know, going through good times and, and some hard times. But uh, if you've got
0: any ideas for the show, we, we'd love to.
1: Oh, very much uh, so. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah.
0: And yeah, Nev, what's going on in the world of NevTech this week?
2: I've got this ringing in my ears from this Pratt and Whitney PW three hundred. <laughs>
1: Can you just turn it Yeah. I thought you were just having your hair done, Nev, I'll be honest. Uh, (laughs) Uh,
2: That is actually the engine, well, one of the engines on the uh, British Airways, um, or the Sun Air, uh, Dornier 328, that I came back from Denmark on. So that's a very nice aircraft, actually. Anyway, uh, that's not answering the question, is it? Um, I'm not doing very much next week. Oh, I'll tell you what I am doing. On Monday morning, first thing, taking the, uh, the Nev car... Not uh, the banana. Into, into uh, a local place because uh, it needs a bit of work done on the front wheel due to uh, digging a curb. Oh. <gasps> I was forced into a curb by a maniac BMW driver.
1: Oh, dear. Okay. Was is... he indicating that? No, of course nope. he wasn't. Don't be ridiculous.
2: <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But that's about it, actually. Apart from lots of video conferences and, and stuff for yeah. work next week, I'm, uh, I'm going nowhere.
1: No. No, me neither, Nev, if I'm honest. Um, okay. uh, find out on Monday what the plan is, basically. Uh, we've got a big meeting on Monday, so we'll have an idea what the what the plan is obviously because uh, as uh, many of you know obviously in the uk schools and everything have all been shut and what i do for a living is essentially take school children to and from school and do school trips in between so obviously it's had a massive impact on my very wonderful boss who i cannot imagine what my boss mm. lorraine is going through right now uh for a company that's been going for 114 years this is unprecedented times shall we say and the worst thing of all is zero time to plan for it this is this is the issue isn't it but uh yeah so Lorraine if you're watching uh you know my heart goes out to you I can't imagine what you're going through at the moment but uh yeah so uh hopefully um yeah hopefully we'll find out very soon but um it's uh yeah we've just got to survive it all haven't we really guys I think that's all we've got to do yep
0: very true very yeah, true indeed I shall I shall be home Tuesday and Thursday next week. I will be working Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Oh, okay. Um and uh, I'll be heading out to the shops
1: to um to grab some more Panic of these. Panic, buy more toilet rolls,
2: yes. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, anyway, on that bobshell, we've waffled on enough. Let's let these so, people have their evening back. That's it
2: then <laughs> for
0: episode number 310 of the show. Thank yeah. you to everyone who's joined us in the YouTube chat room tonight and to all the family members. Have a great weekend. And from me, Carlos here in the PTUK office, Matt in the PTUK studios, Armando in his studio across the pond and Nev in the Nev Tech studios. <laughs> have a great weekend. Enjoy your Sunday
1: roasts. And goodbye. Everyone say goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.